Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is time for That TikTok Hobbyist, and I am your host, Dave, as always, and before you start listening to me and Kill a Clown on this magical adventure of a podcast, just understand we went through multiple different subjects during this podcast all in one shot, and yes, we also did a whole bunch of story time. So for some of you who have been looking for a little bit more of a longer episode, This is the episode for you. I can guarantee it. But before we go into that, uh, let's go ahead and do a few shout outs before we do that. Uh, For the three individuals that gave us our topics that we spoke about today, plus others, uh, know that your shout outs are in the episode. So I'm not going to do them here. But the plugins I'm going to do are for a few friends of mine and friends of yours as well if you're in the TikTok space. And one of them is someone you may not know. The first one is going to be Dark Side Designs. My man Frank over there making laser engraved 3D printed proxies for Magic the Gathering or any other card game that you can think of. Uh, definitely check out his page. You will not be disappointed. And that is Dark Side Designs on Uh, TikTok, so please go check him out. And the next one that I think you all should definitely check out is my man Thratosphere over at Unique Finds. He sells a bunch of Magic the Gathering products. He sells a bunch of Pokemon products. I'm pretty sure his online TikTok shop shows a lot more of his products, so it could be more on there. So just go over there, give him a look, and that's at Thratosphere, if for some of you who are unaware. Uh, he was the one who actually helped me get the last couple of cards for um, the the <laughs> for my little collection that I was building. So uh, I was happy to be able to, to work with him. Uh, and the next one was uh, my man over at F2, or Fleisty Games, located in the capital region of New York. Uh, my man Dave, Ixy, and a bunch of others go there uh, every single week. We play Magic. We have a good time. And if you're looking for anything Magic-related, board game-related, tic- uh, D&D-related, they don't have a TikTok, but they do have a YouTube channel, so you can go ahead and check them out. And go ahead and maybe, if you're in the Albany area, look them up on Google and... Give them, a, give them a check out. Maybe you might find something that you may like. Or the atmosphere of the players that are there might entice you to come back then and play some more games and get into a beautiful community. But with that all said, we go from everything Warhammer to Magic to life general topics. So if you're wondering how the hell do we keep doing this, uh, sorry, this is just our normal brains just at work. So I hope you enjoy the show. So today's subject, the favorite video games that uh, we've been playing. And not only that, we've got a twofer. We're also going to be talking about uh, perfect armies that we would suggest players start off with when getting into Warhammer. Now, mind you, uh, I've only played mostly 40k. I played a little bit of AOS. So my opinion out there is not freaking valid (laughs) but i brought someone in here who has a little bit more experience than i do um recon and ginge are on hiatus this week due to life being what it is so i brought back your all favorite the one and only killer clown hey what's going on guys 
Uh, uh, the audio should be better this time, right, hey, Dave? Oh, okay, so <laughs> for anyone who is a longtime listener, uh, we did have an audio issue where I kind of screwed up that uh, there's multiple channels that the audio is coming in when I'm doing recordings, and I wasn't paying attention to that. So when I went back and I was doing a future recording, I did some tests, and I found out I screwed up. So for anyone who was going, my ears are bleeding, I am sorry. That is my fault. <laughs> yes, it was not my mic. <laughs> no, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. Give it time. Not yet. Give, give it some time. Yeah, give it some time. So, um, so yeah. So which one? Case? Yeah. Uh, really, honestly, I think we should maybe touch base on Warhammer armies that we might suggest newer players would get into and then kind of lead off with video games afterwards. Because I know with your knowledge being an old time player and mine more like fairly new, and I'm still going to admit I'm still a fairly new player, even with the amount of armies that I have, I haven't had enough play time with them. So you have been through since what you said, third edition, uh, end of second, uh, end of end second, of second, end of there. second edition. Yeah. So, so from there, you you already got your feet wet when there were still the pewter heavy metal uh, models that they were producing out at that time. Yeah, and... the thin black codexes. Yeah, uh, most armies um, didn't have a lot of options. Um, <laughs> it would uh, you had to pre me- you're not allowed to pre measure anything back then. You had to guess. Oh my god! So, really? Uh, oh yeah, you declare your shooting, and um, if your guys were out of range, they didn't shoot. <laughs> they just sat there. You know, it's like, oh, we just shot into the void because we can't hit anything at that range. We're idiots. Oh jeez. So, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, um, you had artillery scatter dice and everything back then, but um, my recommendations over the years have always been the same. Uh, first. When it comes to 10th edition, I'm probably going to get some hate on this one, but go with Space Marines. So, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Way back, way back. What did you start with? Because that would kind of maybe gauge to everybody <laughs> else before you start giving out suggestions. Like, what well, when you got into the hobby, how did you get into the hobby in the first place? Was it through the books, uh, like everybody else, and then slowly into the game? Or was it the game were, and then shift no books. There were no books back then. What do you mean? No uh, the, in second edition, we didn't have any actual, there was no black library. So all, all of your backstory and content was um, in your codexes or in the rule book. Um, and it was very admixed at that time. They weren't very concentrated on the lore at that time. There was a decent amount of it, but not nearly what we have today. Do you, like the do you hear that, Matt? The, <laughs> The Horus Heresy was literally just uh, a reference in the core rulebook. There I, were I th- no, there wasn't a hundred books supporting it. I think so. I'm hearing a bunch of lore of uh, centric players right now screaming at the top of their lungs <laughs> as they're hearing this, going, yeah! "What are you talking about?" <laughs> but second edition, no, uh, er, very early on, you had White Dwarf, which did come out with some backstory stuff. Um, and most of your erratas and um, stuff like that at the time came out of White Dwarf. I actually chose the more oddball thing, and I, I this is why I make my recommendation for 10th edition, if you're starting for Space Marines. Um, and the reason is it's a generic army. It's the most generic of all of them. Um, it's held 
for the most part true all the way back to third edition that everything is kind of based off the space marine mm-hmm. and i'm talking about your smurfs um your ultramarines are your generic of it's either them or orcs those are your two generics everything's based off those guys so uh, i i would have to off. agree with the orc part because uh, any orc player who will ever talk with you when you think about talking about orcs or starting into orcs they're a very easy army. There's no wrong way to be able to play them, just like Space Marines. And if you're not into playing what uh, GW puts out there as their their good old boys, they get heavy support, they get all the fresh new colorful models out there, and you just want to play with something that just looks fun, think about Orcs, because a lot of people disregard them uh, for competitive play for sure, but remember, there were times where they were top of the food chain because well, everyone, of how people everyone played goes them. Through. Yeah. Everyone goes through the top of the food chain, and this is actually what, um, I'm glad you brought that up, is mm-hmm. the orcs just look cool, and at the end of the day, this is a very expensive hobby to get into. Oh, yeah. Um, so, at the end of the day, there is no wrong choice of what to choose. Look at the boxes, look at the models, and say, those look cool, and play that army. Okay, don't look at your competitive scene. Don't look at anything because everybody has their time to shine. I mean, everybody has it. What about for those players that are starting off from lore, very lore centric, heavy black library readers, and they love just a certain army because of they have a favorite character or they have a certain storyline they have it. then play it then play that then play that yes uh that's the one thing again back in second and third edition there wasn't much um and the first books by the way that black library really came out with were not space marine generic i mean you had soul drinkers came out very early on but most of them actually were imperial guard books mm. that came out first so <clears throat> everything else has been more space marine generic uh or geared that way um when it comes to the books lately especially with you know what the last 10 years or so of horse heresy books well, well i mean like now we're on the week, siege of terror so now a lot of people are saying the end is slowly coming towards them and it's like how do we how do we adjust for this now a lot of players are ex- expecting it to be more like after the horse heresy ends with the books of terror um i honestly think they're going to keep going with it because it's going to be the the aftermath, Horse Heresy aftermath. They're going to keep going on with the story, like slowly on how the Imperium built back up, and they're going to probably find characters in there that are going to resonate with them, and they're going to be like, you know what? Uh, I've been reading the books for this long. I want to jump into it, or they might be a fresh new player off the block. They saw a couple of YouTube videos. Maybe they were just like, you know what? These guys just seemed fun, but I I agree with you. Uh, if they look cool, if you like the army because of lore, if you like the army because of competitive, which might be your thing, I don't know. But if you're gonna go with a starting army, go with what you think you would like to play on the table, Xenos yeah, well, or anything. When it yeah, when it comes to yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, choose what looks cool. My first army was uh, Tyranids had just come out. And I thought they looked cool. And that was my very first army followed right behind with Grey Knights. Um, They were called Grey Knights at the time. So I'm going to still call them Grey Knights. Uh, So did you get them because no one else was playing them at that time? Or (laughs) That was kind kind of um, the models. 
I wanted to get into a Space Marine um, Army. Uh, my buddies at the time, um, our Space Marine player at the time, uh, played Black Templar, which required a lot of conversions at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, there wasn't a lot of support for it. Um, so I wanted to play something that really looked cool, but I didn't like the generic Space Marine models of that time. And please go and look at the o OG ones. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> But the Grey Knight ones were awesome. They were still all pewter. Um, third edition, they started converting some stuff to plastic. I wanted to stay with the pewter at the time. If I was going to spend that kind of money, I wanted the pewter. And the pewter did look better at that time than the plastic molds. So, mm -hmm. and now obviously that's changed over the years, but I'm talking very early on. And um, I mean, I, they've, I, they've I had to up out. their their game when it comes down to the plastic molds due to time due to more uh abilities to be able to get them just looking beautiful especially right after even just getting a primer coat onto it if you're doing a white primer they just look really gnarly and just beautiful when you see them fully done i've seen some pieces on there and i'm just blown away from it um oh, of course, of course. The new plastic <laughs> stuff the new plastic stuff's amazing i'm talking about old the og stuff and it's nice to field some of that OG stuff from time to time. And people are like, wow, what is that? <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> that's, what a, that's what a Space Marine used to look like. Yeah, you people know? are just um, sitting there going, I'm going to Zerg Swarm, uh, as, as the term went around uh, at the local shop that I had. Uh, they, if I would just imagine someone lifting in a huge bucket full of Termagants that were metallic, or were Termagants not a thing at that time? But there, yeah, and to get back on topic a little bit, is mm. the uh, if you're going off of rules and care about rules, uh, there's actually two reasons why at this current moment in time, I'm for 10th edition, I'm saying Space Marines. One, they got the brand new codex, but also um, they've always been the easiest when it comes to the rule sets. Mm -hmm. um, they have a good variety of models and they have a good variety of play styles that you can branch into that's not going to cost you to buy an entire new army. Um, that's the one kind of thing I like about them. And the way it's currently written without the supplemental codexes yet for all the different uh, main chapters. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of build what you want. You can paint it the way you want. I mean, that's with any army, but, you know, Space Marines in general, they're, they're the most generic um, if you're trying to get into it on a play style. And there's generally some kind of Space Marine army that's decently competitive at, mm -hmm. at any given point of time. They've had, they've, they've had their times where they're really knocked down, you know, um, but there's other times when they're extremely OP, and you can very easily convert most of your armies into some of the other specific chapters. You know, oh man, I want to play Dark Angels. There you go. You know, oh, I want to play Space Wolves. I'm sorry if you do, but there you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's why, but, like, a lot of people who choose to do a certain paint uh, scheme, they kind of fall into that trap of, oh crap, I've done this paint scheme. Now I can't quite do anything else or play anything else like how do you how do you battle that i let's be honest um even in competitive play you can play dark angels and paint them purple uh, i mean you, you you can paint them purple if you want to it's there's still enough of a room it's a hobby game so you can mm -hmm. still do it any way you want you're paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars up front to get into a 2000 point list mm -hmm. okay um 
and that doesn't include all of your paints and glues and modeling supplies. So <laughs> it's a very, very expensive game to start off with. It's cheaper than most of your other major tabletop games out there currently. I think uh, the cheaper I mean... one would be D&D. <laughs> But let's compare it to Magic, and we've done that. Oh, uh, my God. The, no, exactly. it's, they're almost starting to get in, like, neck and neck now with the amount of crap that they're doing between just those two hobbies alone. The only thing that GW has over Magic every single time is you're not hooked into always buying new models. That can always be a choice. For Magic players, if they're playing within a certain group or they're playing within... A certain meta there's always that that chase to constantly improve upon what you have and get and, and play and stuff like that then there's uh the whole every single set that's coming out in like every two or three weeks at this point from as it stands and all the different supplemental products on it they're constantly being flooded with f uh fear of missing out whereas in warhammer yeah you're gonna know about a model that's coming out but that doesn't mean you have to go out and get it because your army structure may not even really need it considering if you like playing it a certain way. Like, you can still take some time, wait, and save up a little bit, and then order it, have it shipped back to your house, and then you can work on it when you're ready. But with Magic, it's a constant money grab, whereas GW isn't as much. I'm sorry, so but I'm going to have to give that win to GW on that point. Exactly. GW over time is much cheaper. It's just got a, a much higher entry in price if you just are one of the people that can't wait and you need to get everything right away. You can budget it out to where you buy, you know, a box a month, work on it slowly, and then a year later you're in. Oh, yeah. uh, but don't, when you're getting into the game, don't worry about the competitive scene. Don't even look at it. Because by the time you get an army built out and painted um, and God forbid if you get into modding. <laughs> okay, you're never done at that point. Um, no. <laughs> if you, um, if which you, we could if, always talk about kit bashing and how that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like but, we can talk about it. <laughs> there, there's a lot of amazing armies out there now. There's a lot more choices than there was back in second and third. Yeah. Um. There's even within the army structures themselves. Hmm. Um. There's a lot more choices, but don't be afraid. A new codex came out. There's new models coming out. Um, most of the time, your new codex comes out, and you don't need to buy anything. I mean, you might have to buy some. You obviously, you got to buy the codex. You, you know, that's you, that's a guarantee. You're gonna have to buy the codex. But codexes don't come out every six months. Uh, not if you only have one on. And that's one of the reasons why I recommend the space Marine, Um is because they have the newest codex out. Um, they're the easiest to play rules-wise. Uh, the mm. new rules do not seem overly complicated. Um, they've no, 10th has really streamlined everything, and I love it. Streamlined it. Um, with the downside of streamlining is, you know, the armies are going to be much closer together. Uh, once they all get new codexes, right now there's huge gaps. I, I know, you know, Eldar and Eldar and Gene Steelers are still raffle-stomping everything with uh, Custodes and Imperial Knights right behind them. Um, as kind of like the checks, you got to beat the custodies and the Imperial Knights to be able to get into the higher tiers of competitive play hmm. where the competitive play is all run at those higher tiers with the Eldar and the, um, and the Gene Stealer cults. Well, um, 
Uh, I, I'm my suggestion if you're if you're gonna start a brand new army and you want to know like what I would choose. Uh, to be fair, I did the same thing that Killa is is suggesting. I went with Space Marines. I did because when I first started into the game, I was heavy into the lore books, and I thought at that time very naively that Space Marines were the good guys and all that shit. But we all know by now. That's not the case. No one is there good in this no, grim. There, there, there is there, no there, good no guys one. in the grim, dark future of yeah, this world. No, no, no. Um, no everything is a representation. Was... But early on, you don't understand that unless someone sits you down and actually helps explain it to you, so that you have a more, uh, more of an understanding of what you're talking about and what you're seeing from it. So, and the famous phrase that Alpharius did was, "Every book that you read is always from." A certain person's point of view which means there's always another story there's always a different viewpoint from it so don't trust everything you read but understanding that and then coming back into it uh like i played space marines i enjoyed them for like a minute but i wasn't really enjoying the gameplay and not only that i also was playing in an environment that was heavily pushing competitive play 100% of the time. So when I actively was looking for a second army and I can just kind of like abandon this army uh, for Space Marines, uh, I got tantalized by space magic and the Thousand Suns got their fresh codex and they were looking good. I think this was 8th edition. And I was like, yep, I, I want to play Thousand Suns. And I went out and I got some Thousand Suns. Uh, I also got some Chaos Demons for Zinch so I could ally them and have a whole bunch of Zangors and all that stuff because I was getting all these different suggestions from all these different players. And I went with them because I was getting suggestions, but I wasn't getting much direction with it. So now I just have a huge amount of Zinch. But thankfully, kind of worked out because now I can use them as like two separate armies. But, um, you know, and you speak lore wise. Yeah. One of the most, one of my favorite backstories of all the armies that's currently out at the moment is actually for the Thousand Sun. Hmm. I mean, I I've just always been infatuated with those bastards. But it's not an army I'd ever play because I hate the whole Egyptian theme that they got going on on their models. Models. Some people might like that. I personally don't. Um, and that's what's great about the game, you know. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I don't have to. I could kit bash and make my own Thousand Suns. You could, um, you could definitely I could. do. That. I, I very, I could very much do that, and I can use Space Marine models to do it. That's kind of the great thing. I mean, I'd have to have a lot of bits from the Chaos side too. But <laughs> I, I could, I, you know, especially for arms and you know, uh, definitely for weapons. But oh yeah, but you, but you can do that, that, and that's one of the great things about the game. So go with what you think looks cool. Um, don't worry about the competitive scene. Yeah, uh, especially when you're first getting getting going, you're going to get raffle stop no matter what you play. Uh, you can go ahead and go, oh, you know, Eldar and Gene Stealers are at the top of the boards right now. Guess what? I'm going to go buy Gene Stealer Cult. Well, that's one of the more technical armies to play. You know, they're 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 very nasty right now. Don't get me wrong. But they're much more difficult to play for a new player. Uh, but here so. here's the one thing that uh, I have noticed. And uh, when I got Reap got back into the game because I took a small break. Um, knights are also pretty easy to play. Plus, it's not that much, uh, not that many models that you need to manage on the table. 
they are they are cheaper um either either knights chaos or imperial um yeah. they are probably the cheapest to get oh, yeah. in but they're harder to manage because i mean you're talking about a model for 150 bucks versus buying a whole unit for 60 bucks um so True. overall the price to get into them depending on your budget um like i said if you have a thousand dollars just to spend on an army today uh the cheapest army would be the knights by oh, far yeah. um either chaos or imperial um it just depends if you like you know the look of one versus the other if you're looking competitive play go imperial obviously at the current moment that uh, <laughs> uh definitely go imperial um but got some nasty those, weapons those, on those those are by far the cheapest by the numbers you don't and while each model is going to take you as long if not longer to build than mm. um one squad of you know marines and it's going to take you longer to paint it also um if you're an experienced painter but yeah, it's probably they, they're by far the cheapest to get into. All the other armies are more expensive, um, but if you're talking about cost-wise to get in on top of easiest to play and understand the rules, then the toss-ups would be either orcs or um, or marines. And out of those, the cheapest is actually the marines. Um, any of your horde armies are going to be much more expensive to get into. Now, so, now, mind you, I'm going to preface this this. Uh, because I'm sure there are people out there who get very confused when we're just speaking our opinions and people get the wrong idea thinking that we have this overinflated idea that we're professionals or that we know what the hell we're doing. We're going by our experiences. We're going by what we have personally done ourselves. So take that as you will. If you don't agree, that's great. Not a problem. But if you're just going to literally take that as gospel i'm just going to tell you one thing right now don't do that all right go Your around opinions. do yeah. yeah go around get other people's opinions as well but we're more or less trying to tell you tr trust your gut if you like something because of the way it looks as we as you oh, heard on here just go with it if you like it because of the lore go with it this hobby can slowly become a great relaxing time for yourself if you allow it to be and you take all the stress from the shit outside that you see on like TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, all that. You take that all out of the way and you just leave it to your own opinions, you'll be all right. Now, if you're looking for advice for us, that's what we're doing is giving our our personal insights on it. Don't take it if you don't like it. If you do, that's great. That's awesome. But I don't want other people to get the idea thinking that we're on this like weird pillar in our brains and we're giving all these opinions and thinking not like realistically that maybe we're just not that good at it. We're not. We're literally two idiots that live uh, semi close to each other. We play against each other every once in a while and that's it. Like I will I will <laughs> give this advice if you do live within I don't know. Um, I'd say about a hundred miles of a actual GW store. Um, my recommendation is to take the road trip to the GW store before you buy anything. Go there without planning on buying anything, by the way. And the reason I make this recommendation is every store has um, a store manager who knows how to play the game. They most have. Uh, no, most. they all do. 
Hold on, they all do. It's just you have ass hats in some of them. Uh, but um, <laughs> but you have to mention you have to mention it. You have to mention yeah, it. There's yeah, no well, way. There, there's people running the stores. Let's be honest. Um, I'm not gonna mention the one that me and Dave particularly do not like. Um, that's mm-hmm. not what this channel is about. But I will nope. give a shout out to the Franklin, Massachusetts um, GW store. The um, the store manager over there is absolutely amazing. He will BS with you. Um, he's not. He, he doesn't try to pressure sales you into anything. Um, and if you ask him, hey, can you give me a demonstration? He will. He's got a table set up and he'll just throw dice. OK, seriously, he will just throw dice with you, uh, teach you how to play the game and go over everything. And he's going to give you probably the same recommendation I originally did was go buy what looks cool. That is the biggest one. What do you like the most? And this, by the way, is choosing whether you want to play 40K or Age of Sigma. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I I I used to play fantasy. I've never played Age of Sigmar. Uh, Dave, you've played a little bit of Age of Sigmar, but mm-hmm. never really played fantasy. Yeah. Now, uh, we've been primarily focused on 40K. Okay. But it's the same suggestion. What right. do you think looks cool? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because you're going to spend hundreds of hours constructing, painting. You're going to spend hundreds of hours playing. Uh, hold on, um, hold on. Prefaces, unless you're lazy like me and decided to just prime everything and work on painting everything later. And mind still, you, I have a oh, wife who's really good at painting, so she's going to be doing a bunch of the work. You're still looking at hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know there's some guys that are like, ah, oh, 2,000 point army. I can have that painted in a weekend. That uh, is great. That is great. <laughs> I can't do that. Nope. I could get I could probably get a unit painted and you know it, it depends, you know. It, there, there's also qualities, you know. Are you going in after every little thing or are you just gonna wash everything? You know, it's there there's definitely techniques out nowadays that speed things up. And actually the GW uh stores, by the way, are not giving us anything for this podcast. No, no. <laughs> we are not sponsored by anybody. No, but, that's um... the that's the beauty of this. Like, we're just going to give you our opinions. Like, if you're looking for someone who's trying to shell out something, the first thing I'm going to tell you is, I only plug people on here that I personally recommend because I've dealt with them and I believe you guys would benefit from it. They're not giving me any sort of props. They're not giving me any sort of payment. I'm doing it because these are the places that I've gone to or worked with. And I I love their energy and what they're putting into it and how they're promoting uh, people to actually like smart buy, but not at the same time go, well, if you don't like my shit, uh, F off. No, they're, they're like, you know what? If it's not for you, it's great. But I, I think that should be first and foremost. We don't, we are not getting sponsored. I'm pretty sure we're never getting sponsored <laughs> ever. Right. Ever. <laughs> but I, I'm not lying when it comes to, you know, if you live near Franklin, Massachusetts, swing, swing into that shop and even just say hi to the owner and stuff. Cause I'm going to tell you right now, he's a great guy. Or not the owner, uh, the store manager. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great guy. He'll he'll give you painting classes. He will teach you how to play the game. He's just an avid avid lover of the game. Um, all the GW stores are pretty much the same. Um, even the one that we went into that me and Dave personally don't like the person who's running it. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the same product. Okay, and yep. you're probably going to find more product. To be honest, at a third party store. Yeah. Um, 
they don't always have the time to give these kind of classes, though. Or you may find a you know a local shop, a uh, third party shop that um, that will go. You know, I'll give you a demo, definitely. You know, and then you're gonna find others that are like, ah, now come by on this date. This is when players are playing, and they'll teach. Yeah, like there's a uh, lot of places that just you know, like especially in our area, a lot of places don't have a huge or even semi like small Warhammer community. And if there are Warhammer players, you either have one, two types of players in this area, and that is your super competitives that literally culminate at a shop. And they play, and they practice, and they play, and they practice, and they plan to go on cons. Or you have the the people that kind of just hide away in their homes after going out, grabbing their, their models, coming home, painting them after building them, and then playing home games with their friends. Those are the two dichotomies we have here in our area. I'm pretty sure there are larger places out there that have a thriving healthy community, or at least a healthy community that meets up very often. It's hard to find that where we live, but if you have that opportunity to go out there, engage a little bit more in what you're seeing at the tables, that also ask questions because a lot of players love giving their input, but just because they give their input doesn't mean they're always going to be right. They're always going to be coming from their point of view, their impressions, their their experiences. So you need to make that decision for yourself. Um, Correct. But so, I do recommend yeah. if you are near a GW location, an actual GW location, you're probably 80%. Um, I did stop at a store in Connecticut where the guy there was definitely also very willing to help and stuff like that. I just don't get over there as often. It was kind of a little out of the way for me personally, uh, but um, I've been to about four different locations, one definitely down in New York City, but that was years and years ago. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> I'll be honest, you know, like I said, most of the time you go into a GW location, the managers are willing to help you. They're willing to sit down and throw dice with you. Uh, they're willing to give you paint classes. They're willing to do all of that. Um, you're going to have the bad apples, though, uh, mm. from time to time, unfortunately. And that's just hum that's just humanity, you know. Not everyone can be great. So, <laughs> welcome uh, to the dark web. I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, so. Well, shout out to the Civil Warrior Two, otherwise known as Warhammer Zero One One Three, for that topic. Thank you very much, man. Uh, hopefully, our opinions have helped you in some way. Pick out like or give you a, a, a general direction of what army would be best. But here's a nice little subject to kind of segue into. Uh, they we need to uh, voice out what video games we have tried and we enjoyed. <laughs> if we've played the MMO or the third person Space Marine, and just get a general idea of like tell people what we played for games. This is going to be probably a big chunk of the episode because <laughs> we're idiots who stay at home most of the time, and when we're not oh, working yeah, on models, we're in front of our our machines having fun. So. <laughs> Do you want to start this off? Because I think mine might be a little bit larger than yours, so we might as well, well give you the mic for a bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the best of the best, in my opinion, and I've played a lot of them. We were discussing this uh, before the podcast, and you were kind of shocked on how many I played, too. Oh. Um, the best of the best, unfortunately, is not 40K. 
uh, but is fantasy. And I would have to go with uh, Immortal Empires, Total War, Warhammer 3. Yeah. Um, Total War did it amazing. If you want to play it like a Civ game, if you want to actually get down nitty-gritty in the battles, um, it's got a high cost to get into uh, because it combines 1, 2, and 3 uh, Total War Warhammer with all the expansions for each, which are all the DLC. Uh, Some are unlocked. Some content does unlock from enchantments or doing certain things or not enchantments um, um <laughs> doing certain things um you're confusing two games i definitely am ah. <laughs> so uh there's one or two factions that are are locked behind um achievements thank you so um but that is by far probably the most amount of hours that i have in any warhammer game outside of dawn of war series should, should uh, we explain to them how many times we've started up a campaign <laughs> and have <laughs> never know. fucking finished it well most of your campaigns if you're doing uh the way we play uh you're looking at 16 to 30 hours uh depending yeah. on how you have it set up and depending on how you play and everyone does play you can have, I think, up to eight people playing at one time, or is it yeah, six? Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's, I think it's six people. I think. I think the, the most we've head. had, the most we have was four. Yeah. Um, you could do it free for all or teams. Uh, you have tons of NPCs are constantly working on it. Still, even though Warhammer Three has been out for quite a while, um, it's still really polished, like extremely yes. polished. Yes, they're constantly doing balance updates. Uh, they just came out with new factions not too long ago. Um, they had stuff that even fantasy, let alone Age of Sigmar, had. And it is based off of fantasy, not Age of Sigmar. Age of Sigmar was not out when Warhammer 3 came, or Warhammer 1 came out. Um, so, and watching the pod stream from the, um, from the devs, they had pitched this idea with GW make three games with DLC and combine them all. So that was their beginning goal. So they designed the game in that, in that fashion. I so, like that. That's, uh, that's what I feel is really well done. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to play the battles if you don't want to, uh, you get a group like us. We tend, if you play the battles, you're playing hundreds of hours for a campaign. Uh, so and if you're four ADHD players like uh, our, we are, um, <laughs> you lose track of what games you were on when you start up uh, playing again. You're like, oh, let's start, do a brand new one. Yeah, didn't we start one before? Ah, I'll just delete it. We never saved it. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's usually the conversations. Six, you play 16 hours in a game and then go two weeks without playing. It's kind of like, okay, well, what? What was going on? Like, <laughs> holy crap! I have a third of the map. I don't know what I was doing. Like, so uh, um, it, it gets it gets pretty nuts. The did you ever play huge. Battlefield Gothic? Battlefield uh, Gothic Armada one or two? Um, I think I played one, but I don't have hundreds of hours into it. But. I I tried playing that uh, when I first started because the that that was one of the first games I got was that was Warhammer centric, and I didn't know it was. Until I like got into the game and I was just like, isn't that the same kind of like starships that they described in Warhammer? And I would go back in the, one of the codexes and I'm like, oh shit, there it is. <laughs> so, um, oh, there, was, there used to be a tabletop for that. Yeah. And the fact is that the game is beautiful. I'm sure it's very polished, but I just couldn't follow it. 
so I lost interest. Um, but then I kind of shifted over because they came up with a game called Space Hulk Deathwing, where you get to play as a group of four space marines, and you're running around a Space Hulk, and you're just killing Tyranids, which you would think that'd be fun. And you would be wrong because that game has so many issues, so many. And when you can't do much with the uh, amount of support that they get into that game, even with this so-called enhanced version, no, no. I Like, unless you I, I got, like, a bet, against you and you lost and they told you you had to play that game that was the only that's the only way i would say go ahead and try it but gotcha. um if you can here's, try to avoid it here here's a game that is dated at this point uh but absolutely probably one of the best 40k games ever made when it comes to you know being able to play most of your factions oh yeah would be the dawn of war series <laughs> oh yeah one two and three uh i to tell you the truth i Dipped my toe in on three first because that was at that time the newest one that came out. And I figured if I had tried to go backwards, I would be doing a disservice. But like all the RTSs that I've ever played beforehand, you should always start with one. So when the opportunity came for me to play it, I did play it. Um, I didn't really play a whole lot of it, but I did get some understanding of where it came from. So when I saw a lot of the uh, quality of life issues that they fixed in Dawn of War 3, I was kind of thankful for that. But again, for those who have played the Dawn of War series, I have nothing but massive respect for you because that game, I'm, I'm certain, was the shit and is still considered to be one of the best Warhammer games up until now. Because I will have to say that Total War uh, series gives th that a run for its money. But well, that's yeah, also but Old World versus New World. Yeah. And you're talking RTS versus uh, 4K. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there are 4X games. Uh, it's it's a complete different yeah. uh, style of game. Um, if you're into first-person or third-person shooters, uh, Space Marine. And oh, Space 100%. Out, yeah. One hundred percent coming out pretty soon here. So. I am so excited for that. Me, Ginge, and Recon are going to be going through that like three idiots <laughs> with chain swords, <laughs> and we're going to have a damn good time. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, that 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 game was definitely a hell of a lot of fun. I definitely got my money's worth on that one. Uh, I got the anniversary edition, so when we finally get a a uh, a date where they say like, "Hey, it's going to be coming out," which I think they're going to throw it around Christmas. Because that's the only time I could see during this quarter for winter that they're planning on throwing it. Um, I I'm I'm going to be probably playing through the Space Marine uh, Anniversary Edition again, which I might record it. I don't know, but that that I want to get myself prepared for that because that is a fun fun game. And if so you're just looking to tear through hundreds of orcs. While they're screaming, Spice Marine! You know, go ahead, do it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go super OG on this one. Really? Okay, on this next one, very OG, and I'm talking about, like, 90s OG. Okay. Okay, um, <clears throat> there was a game that Blizzard was developing. Oh, no. It was an RTS. Oh, God. Ah, you know where I'm going. Okay? Oh, God. And, um... Run away Blizzard... while you can. Run away. <laughs> yeah, run, run away. <laughs> 
finish the podcast right now. <laughs> go any farther. The rest of it's utter shit. No. <laughs> uh, the time GW, code to skip is. <laughs> GW uh, contracted uh, Blizzard uh, to create a game for their fantasy based. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it was supposed to be humans versus orcs. And uh, something happened. I don't know the exact details, but I do know that the partnership did break when Blizzard had almost a finished product. So they turned around and went in and changed some of the names and then released the game. And that was Warcraft 1. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. We know where the Warcraft <laughs> series went. It could have been Warhammer. Damn it. <laughs> But, well, um, to, to be to be fair, one, one, two, and three were amazing. Even up to BC was really good, uh, but unfortunately, yeah, that for could, for everyone that who would have been <laughs> for everybody who was listening to this going, that's not a Warhammer game. Why is he talking about it? Justin, he makes it a good point every time to just go. I have to mention it because I have to. I have, I have to. to. <laughs> they. I mean, come on, they're they're like the standard for any RTS, and they should have been Warhammer. He did. Uh, he does this did. even in real life, and we keep telling him uh, to stop. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, my teenage self wanted to go on a shooting spree. It was terrible. Oh, uh, no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't. You know it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it, it is a joke. It is true. Uh, you can go ahead and Google it. It's there. But yes, that game was originally contracted by GW to be a Warhammer game. And again, I don't know the exact details in front of me. I don't remember. Did you um, ever play the Warhammer MMO? Because I know that they did an I MMO did at some point. I, 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 I did early on. Okay. Um, I, what I was your thought right about that? At first, it was, it was good. Um, I had some criticism, I'm not going to say, uh, mainly because... Lies. At that time, well, <laughs> at that time, everybody was trying to be World of Warcraft. So every MMO that came out during that period of time was, they had something with that, and then they tried to fix some criticism that the communities had. And it had very good intentions at the time. Now, I've talked to players that still play it to this day, mm -hmm. and they say they fixed all the issues, and it's absolutely amazing. So definitely take a look at it i believe it is free to play with you know, some stuff behind paywalls but you know back then it was subscription i didn't have a lot of money i played a lot of mmos at the time and i had to choose and unfortunately that one did not make the cut but i did play probably about 100 hours of it back then and i did have fun um it was just it was competing with games like rift uh work uh, world of warcraft um and a bunch of others. At the I will. Time. I will say the one game I that I put a lot out around that time too. So. Oh, okay. Uh, the one game for Warhammer that I did put a lot of time in because it definitely uh, scratched that um, uh, action RPG uh, itch that I always love, and that was Inquisitor, Warhammer 40k Inquisitor, uh, Martyr, the Prophecy expansion. Those were the really fun versions of you want to just run around and just kill hordes of chaos that's your game like that's a fun game to play if you just need to turn off your brain but they I'm also huge, came out yeah i'm a huge fan of inquisitor uh not the game itself i unfortunately couldn't play it 
Now I have a high end computer, and maybe you should try again. I could probably try again. It was. It's definitely. It's got to be something in my settings, but. I also get motion sickness. I can't really play first person. It's not a first person game. It's a top mm. down. It's very much like Diablo. Um, and everyone knows I'm 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 a Diablo fanatic, one through four. Uh, but uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's there's no fourth. There's only one through three. The fourth one yeah, is an John, MMO. John, we we just yeah, just accept John, it. All right. <laughs> jump off a cliff. Anyway. No. No. As okay. You can tell, this uh, is a long <laughs> argument. All right. I will so, I will anyway. state this so that everybody knows if you're playing Diablo four. For your own enjoyment, great. I do not judge you on that. But for me personally, that game <laughs> is a MMO. I don't care what anybody says. It is a damn MMO, and I say no. I have a lot more things to do with my time than to sit and play an MMO featuring Diablo 4, especially when you're bringing Diablo 4 into call of duty and all these other games it's it's an mmo okay come to this point they never had to do that through with diablo one two and three they're doing it with four it's an mmo case closed i turned around and um i was watching my um cousin's son play uh one of the newest um um call of duties that you mentioned that yeah i went oh this is a ripoff of PUBG. got it yeah this literally is i got (laughs) <laughs> who, who who did I get in an argument on our Discord channel where I'm like, ah, Fortnite is just a ripoff of PUBG mixed with Minecraft. And they're like, no, PUBG came out first. I'm like, Google it. Uh, I can't or, remember. Got, uh, but It's like PUBG definitely came out first. <laughs> Google it. Google it. I don't care it was in, it was only two months. PUBG came out first. And, and that's uh, the thing. A lot of players don't remember. There are a lot of games I that really, came up beforehand. A lot of the games that you see now that we're playing are because of those games. So you have to well, you have to pay homage. Some, some, to get us back on, on track, some of them were mods. Yeah. And um, one of the modded games that became a real thing for the Warhammer universe is the Total War series, actually. Yeah, it was an original. Mo- it was a mod off of one of the other games, and um, it was such a popular mod that you know it got GW and Total War together to make an actual finished product, which was just amazing. So the same thing was done. Great. I Kudos think to the mod communities. Well, here's the thing: Have you played Bolt Gun at all? Warhammer 40k Bolt Gun. I've not played that one. No. Okay, so imagine you're back in the 90s. And someone tells you about a game called Doom. You remember Doom, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I played Doom. Make, go back in time with those kind of graphics, but then throw Warhammer 40K into it in today's gaming sort of atmosphere. You're going to love it. It is a oh, so fun... It, me, yeah. it would have me throw it. Yeah, it would have me throwing up about <laughs> it. Got it. All right. Like, all right. Yeah, because, again, I cannot play... Unfortunately, I cannot play. Like even Starfield, I have to play it in third person. I cannot play it in third. Can you play? I can play in third all day. But... Okay, then how about this? Have you played for Warhammer 40k Shooters Blood and Teeth? No, that's another one I haven't. Played. Get out of here. Get out. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> that's a that is a quintessential fun orc game. More, yeah, you have more time for video games than I do, unfortunately. Really? Because uh, we've proven that that's not the case. <laughs> 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 On time and time again. Um, yeah, I don't have a wife to... Uh, 
you know, I, I mean, eventually you're going to get there, buddy. You're going to get there, buddy. Love you, Meg. But no, but Shooter's Blood and Teeth, I really loved playing it. And when that game came out, uh, me, Ginge, and Recon, we had fun playing it. Uh, we weren't able to complete it together, so I completed it by myself. But it was a really fun game. I really did enjoy it. And um, for someone who was just like, okay, you, you're going to pay 20 bucks to get maybe four hours of gameplay if you just literally hammer down on it. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I'd play it again if my friends went, hey, let's go and try to do something different with Shooter's Blood and Teeth. Okay. Like, that is a fun game. You sit down with your friends to play. And then there are other games that I haven't I haven't played it yet. There. Yeah, there's an amazing amount of games out there. Um, most of them are worth at least checking out. Um, I don't think I, I mean, I have played some bad ones. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie on that one. But the vast majority of uh, the GW uh, games, uh, video games, have been spot on. I mean, really I, I've been dabbling back into Warhammer 40K Dark Tide. Like that one, uh, honestly, they did they did a re whole a whole redo of it to, for the system and all that. And from what I've seen and I've been able to play, uh, I'm enjoying it. Honestly, I have fun literally just going in there. But you got to go in there when you have a full group of friends. You don't go in there with randos. Nine times out of ten, the randos are not communicating or they're not sticking with the group so they get overhauled by enemies really quickly they go down and then you're trying to revive them and then it's just like uh it's just a slug because then they end if up dying anyone again. if anyone from gw is listening what i know they're to not do <laughs> is contact bethesda <laughs> um That's yeah you need to contact to bethesda and say hey um, you make really game great game. games, and then just end, end the phone call. Just just click it. That's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that would be an amazing Inquisitor game. No, it wouldn't. Uh, no, it if wouldn't. you took Starfield, I, I I need somebody from the modding community to turn Starfield. Don't do into it. Inquisitor game. <laughs> don't do it. That would be absolutely okay. Well, make it a Tau game. We I don't think we've ever had like, a Tau. <laughs> like nobody likes the commies so like it's like no nobody does because they're <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking tau no no offense to tau players but holy <laughs> crap man like we don't need tau all right we just we just don't i love playing them on the tabletop i love seeing them i love their models but holy crap from what i've heard in the backstory no <laughs> i don't need that the greater um, good come on the greater good i'll Let's give go. you the greater good in a minute <laughs> Um, but there are also, also uh, non-40K games that I have dabbled in, and I'm kind of like still dabbing into them when I can, and that's Blood Bowl. Uh, the Blood Bowl video game has been fairly fun, being, and this is being from somebody who doesn't really play a whole lot of sports games. Yeah, I... Um... Yeah, God, I think the last sports game I played was, like, Madden 2000. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, back well, when the Madden games were fun, you know. I don't even think they make them things anymore. No, but, I, uh, they they are still making the Madden games. They are they are still oh, going. Okay. I thought the yeah. man was dead at this point. I guess yeah, it doesn't mean his need, name is. <laughs> his, his, kids need, his kids need a paycheck, I guess. I mean, so. at this point, it's it's always going to be a thing. Someone's kids getting people for oh, a paycheck. Oh man, have you? Did you ever play the uh, Warhammer Underworlds 
board game with me because I know I bought that board game, but we never. I don't think we ever like sat down and played it. Um, but they made a digital version of it called Warhammer Underworld, uh, and they have several different editions for it. We played a Warhammer game when Jordan was around. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it was. Oh yeah, that was Twilight Imperium, which is not Warhammer. Never mind. No, no, but. For for that a board be. game though, you can mod that. You can mod that into Warhammer any day of the week. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you can easily mod that into Warhammer. Thing is oh, though, I don't God. think there is there a digital version for for that game. Oh, I, I I'm talking about tabletop. Oh yeah. Oh, so you I just like kind of went way off the fucking topic. Thank oh you. yeah. <laughs> just mod that into Warhammer, <laughs> Warhammer Imperium. Jesus Christ. <laughs> GW. Uh, no, well, um, did, they ever come out, did, they, did they ever come out with a card game version of the, um, um, there was a card game made by Fantasy Flights mm-hmm. um, that um, GW was partnered with that me and uh, Ed play a lot in. Yep. We a lot I do that. remember did you guys ever, were talking about that. Did they ever uh, do a digital version of that or no? Probably they not. They did it, so they did a whole different game. For that Warhammer card game that they did. They did a whole different system because I know they broke off ties with Fantasy Flights. And then they decided to develop their own sort of game. And I know there is a digital version of it on the phone. But um, I just I just have no interest in it because... I was, I was very irritated with GW on this one. And I get... I, I, I love the fact that GW does a lot to try to protect its product. I really do. Mm-hmm. And generally, when they team up with other companies, particularly making uh, tabletop games um, like Fantasy Flights, uh, they write in the contract that you are not to produce any other uh, tabletop games that compete with ours. Mm-hmm. And you have the right as a corporation to do that. So Fantasy Flight came out with a pre-constructed, pre-painted game for Star Wars. And GW literally flipped out. It's a model game and dropped ties. And it was a very popular card game. I really hated to see it die over something like that. You know, in GW's offense, Fantasy Flight should have thought about that one. But at the end of the day, they probably went, you know, Star Wars is going to make us more money than uh, Warhammer and went that route anyway. I mean, I, I did it. I don't know who's at fault. You know, GW has a point. Fantasy, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flights has a point. I'm going to stay out of that one. But it was a game that I was very sad to see go. I know it's not a digital game, but it was very popular. Um, it was a lot of fun for a card game. And uh, I just watched Noticing how his brain just, that. like, slowly died off when he was trying uh, to do the outro for his point. Um, so for any of you who are wondering just where his... <laughs> It's just sad. I'm I, I'm tearing up. No, you're not. No, don't <laughs> you know, lie to right? me. <laughs> so what what Warhammer game besides uh, Total War Warhammer Three would you suggest someone to like sit down and be like, you know what, Total War may not be for you because of its huge huge price tag to get everything so that you could properly play it with access to everything. What other game would you suggest for them to pick up and play today? 
Well, I definitely have my favorites for most genres. So obviously for your 4K game, it would be the Total War. Um, you just pick up three and play the base game. And then, you know, if you enjoy it, then you can start picking up the expansions and stuff. Um, when it comes to RTSs, go old school, go with the Dawn of War. It's just absolutely hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It really, it really truly is. Um, probably pick up three. You don't have to pick up any. It, it's very, very OG RTS. You know, build your base, unlock different units and more unit caps by building more things. Go out, collect resources, and go out and raffle stuff, right. whatever's out there. Um, very RTS. Um, for action, uh, action shooters, you definitely got to go with Space Marines. Oh, and yeah. for action. And for action RPGs, go with Inquisitor. I know I had trouble um, with my video, but the game looks incre- it looks it looks incredible. Mm. It's like a lot of lot of fun, a lot of fun. So my personal recommendations for anyone looking to just get their feet wet with Warhammer games in general for RTSs, yeah, I'm going to suggest it's not the OG, it's not the the one that a lot of people will say, if you're going to start the series, you want to start with this one, which is just Dawn of War 1. Uh, and I know they have a Game of the Year edition where it has all the different DLCs. I feel that's going to be a little bit more daunting to a lot of people. Or if you're an avid RTSer anyway, then I would say, yes, definitely pick up Dawn of War 1, Dawn of War 2, then play Dawn of War 3. You're going to definitely want to be more enticed on a newer player's perspective, in my opinion, to play Dawn of War 3. Because if you were to try to go into Total Warhammer 3 as a brand new RTS player and going, how does all this work? You're going to get very swamped with the I don't know how to play this game action. So to dumb it down and kind of dip your feet into understanding what you're looking at, um, Dawn of War 3 is very user-friendly. Very easy for most players who are new to the genre to jump into right away without any issues. Um, So that would be my suggestion. But if you're looking to get something as comparable, as well-maintained as the Total War series that you used to if you played all the other Total Wars, I would say, just like Justin, yes, get Total War 3, play it, and then if you do like it, if you do like what they're doing slowly install and get all the different other Total War Warhammer games and the DLCs that are going with it. Because every DLC from Warhammer, Total Warhammer 1, 2, and 3 all work in Total Warhammer 3 for the Empire's option. So just a little advice for that. For uh, Go ahead. A small change in subject um, for anyone that's interested in getting into um, reading any of the lore. uh, What would be like one or two recommendations you would have for books? Not full series, just, you know, here or even a full series uh, here. You know, here's a book. um, Honestly, uh, that's a that's a good question. And you know what? If you're looking to see where everything started for for a storyline aspect for like this huge world that you're jumping into uh the horse heresy the first four books i would suggest highly and that would be horse rising that would be false gods is the second uh novel and the third one galaxy in flames the first the fourth one is the flight of the eisen eisen 
Eisenstein, I believe. I It's either Eisenhorn or Eisenstein. I always keep on getting that mixed up, so I apologize for anyone out there <laughs> who's screaming at me right now. It's, it's um, Eisenhorn. Okay, thank you. It was Eisenhorn. Um, so those would be the four, first four books I would highly recommend you pick up. Now, if you're like, uh, I don't really want to know about Horus Heresy right now. It's a little bit too daunting. There's a huge amount of books to kind of go through. Where's another one I can go to? There's the... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go OG with two of the probably um, earlier on Black Library titles. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that really got me really licking into the lore. One would be the Soul Drinkers. Okay. Um, I think uh, they they do sell it as an omnibus now. Oh, by the way, um, I'm gonna have to super correct you. It's actually Eisenstein. I just it looked is up Eisenstein. It's okay. Eisenstein. Okay. Oh, okay. So I wasn't crazy because Eisenhorn okay. is a character, and you had me screwed Bad. up just now, you bastard. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Go ahead and edit all that out. Oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, man. just because of yeah, this wow. uh, and all your uh, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, but soul, soul drinkers definitely. Uh, it's I'm pretty sure it's one of the first Space Marine books from Black Library. It's about a, um, a Trader Legion, and it's it's at or a Renegade chapter. It's absolutely fantastic. And then anything by Dan Abnett early on. Uh, Gaunt's Ghost is probably one of my favorite. Uh, book series by him. Eisenhorn is the other one. That's why I had that. The movie. Eisenhorn series. The, yeah. The Eisenhorn series by Dan Abbott. Um, very, very good. Uh, anything by Dan Abbott is very good. I actually believe the first Horse Heresy book is also by Dan Abbott. If I, I believe it's Aaron Dembski Bowden, if I'm re- if I'm thinking about it. So let's go with looking that up right now that's what i'm doing right now no it is dan abnett it is dan Abnett. i i i am sorry because uh false gods it was written by graham mcneil and then for the third one galaxy and flames uh that's going to be by ben counter and counter so my two favorite authors for black library are dan abnett and and ben counter those are the two um, and it was one of the reasons why I was so ex- well. I was so excited for the Harold Horse Heresy. Obviously, the Horse Heresy books came out around the end of third, the beginning of fourth edition, mm-hmm. so quite a while ago. And um, I was extremely excited because anything by Dan Abnett, um, I would pick up back then. I'm a huge, huge fan of his works. I just picked up not too long ago his uh, book Legion. To talk about Alpha Legion, and I'm from what I've been told from Recon and everybody else, they're they're just saying that's a really good book. You are really going to enjoy it. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it when I get to that title. In my in my opinion, he's definitely one of, if not the best author they have. He's also the most OG author they have. He came Mm. out with pretty much most of their first books. Um, he's just a fantastic writer. Um. He he did a lot of content for the early on codexes and uh, rule books for the fluff stuff, and uh, he's just he's a fantastic author all around. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorites, and I read a lot of different stuff, not just Warhammer. And he's definitely up there, my uh, top three favorite authors. So to now to segue into uh, a different question, since uh, apparently we're just going to generally talk about Warhammer shit. Uh, I know. 
What about <laughs> what about what are your personal thoughts about when people out there create say their own chapters for their armies and they're saying like okay these these are a separate faction off of say space marines whatever faction you want to cut off it but it's all female do you have a problem with female space marines absolutely not um and this is actually something that was on your topic uh, that we haven't gotten to which was kit bashing Ah! Um, in very uh, one of my kit bashing dreams um and i'm gonna get all you lore monkeys screaming very hard very heavy very quickly dave knows my idea yep it's hilarious and i want to do it by the way i did it and he he doesn't like the fact that i did it very well well so i (laughs) there was a very early on white door story Okay, White Dwarf is a magazine, a supplemental magazine to Warhammer. Um, early on, that's where they came out with all their erratas, mm-hmm. and it was the first place that Gaunt's Ghost units were uh, implemented, and you could actually play them in tournaments. Uh, this was tournament legal stuff that they came out with, but there was always little lore sections in there, little stories, and it came out of Armageddon. And a lot of people go, it's not lore. And to be honest, it truly is not lore, but it is lore. And it revolves around orcs. Orcs, if enough orcs believe it to work, it'll work. And they do that with the Stompas. Um, the Imperial Guard, and this is, this is lore, have captured plenty of Stompas and can't get the damn things to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, because they just kind of fall apart. Once, all, once there's enough orcs gone around them, they literally stop working and fall apart. Okay, uh, that's very orcish. So one of the things was, I'm a tank, I'm a tank, I'm a tank, I'm a tank. Which is my favorite one. I'm not going to go too much farther into that story because people will flip out. Uh, It's not lore. No, no, no. Actually, you you would be surprised is that there is a large community of people that actually love that. But there is also a lot of people out there who are really restricting themselves to going well this is canon this isn't canon we get we get that there are a lot of things in warhammer that we have been told through either magazines or fan fiction whatever you want to call it that is not lore but it's still fun that's the whole point of the hobby back in first second and in third even into third edition third edition is where they started to really concentrate on the lore and really try to tighten it up but first and second was here's the thing right um (laughs) we all know that fantasy came out first warhammer was going to be the sci-fi version of fantasy but squad-based tactics versus napoleonic tactics okay Mm -hmm. and um so there was a lot of stuff that was introduced early on that did not stick mm-hmm. very well. And um, they did away with it. And now it's not considered lore, but it's there. Uh, the whole I'm a tank, I'm a tank, I'm a tank is one of them. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's very orcish. It's hilarious. I love it. Um, but I understand if people don't count it lore, but I'm going to use it anyway. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to mod a bunch of orcs into space marines and use the space marine coder so i'm gonna have the torso i i really want to do this torsos basically of space marines with a bunch of you know imperial insignia on them but the legs and the arms of orcs with the weapons of space marines basically this this orc wog 
decimated a unit of space marines and they decided they liked the green they liked the blue people so much because they got to make fun of gilliman and um <laughs> they decided that they are in love with the empire they love with the emperor and they are going to join the crusade because they're orcs and why not and they believe they're space marines so they're not orc space marines <laughs> I'm going to use the Space Marine Codex, and there you go. Okay, they're going to have heads with, like, chopped up helmets that barely fit, and with their big skulls coming out, and you're going to have, yeah, it's it's going to be a huge mod job. Uh, the current kits don't fit very well. Nope. Um, I'm going to do this, but, yeah. I, you can I can't wait to Marine. see this weird amalgamation you decide <laughs> to do. <laughs> I know, right? Um... But for female for female space marines, you're gonna have to kit bash sisters into uh, space marines. Fine, yep. it's it's actually a little more easier done. I I, I have space marines and I have sisters. Um, it's gonna be expensive to do it because you're gonna have to obviously buy the sister unit and at least the skews and stuff from space marines or get other people's extras. There's not a lot of heads and stuff, but you no, really and... just need the torsos and the legs from the sisters, and then you can do everything else, even the arms from the sisters, and you really just need the weapons and the helmets. And that's why a lot of people will keep the sprues of the extra bits that they don't use, because we start thinking to ourselves, this might be fun to throw onto something later, because to kind of give it its own flair or its own like identity and i like that you know it that's why the beauty of this game is you can make it the their their back lore for your army for whatever it is you're not restricted you're allowed that space to where you can make it your own but tyranid tyranid tentacles um painted correctly um make very good like intestines spewing out of somebody's stomach or something like that so there, there's a lot of extra spews you get from buying these things from different armies that you could turn around and do. I did a conversion for my, um, using Blood Bowl, I took the Wood Elf unit from Blood Bowl and converted that into Harlequins. Hmm. And it came out pretty pimp. You know, it's not quite painted yet, but, um, and I need to get the right size bases because unfortunately they're on larger bases. But um, the models look pretty cool. Um, and I basically used the heads and the arms and weapons from, or the weapons and heads from mm -hmm. uh, extra Harlequins I had sitting around and used the bodies from the uh, Blood Bowl. So I get a lot of additional poses, and they are elves, and which they basically space elves anyway. Before we so, get too off track, I did want to make sure that knowing that we're, again, we're just going by our experiences on what we've done for kit bashing. But I guarantee you, one Google search away, I'm sure we're going to see things that we would never imagine being able to do. So we're not experts. People need to understand that because we have way too many people out there who are really good at this hobby, who are really good at making something that they imagine and bringing it to actual reality more often than not than us just spewing out ideas and what we we are thinking ourselves to do so now you can if you're playing casually with friends you there's there's tons of other plastic tabletop 
miniature games out there that you can use models from that to kit bash your own stuff. Now, I say that for casual before I have a billion heads explode. If you go into a casual, <laughs> if you go into a competitive scene, though, when you kit bash, everything needs to be either personally sculpted by you or made by GW. Mm. Okay. And I understand and I agree with it. So you can't 3D print. You can't. If you're if you're playing in competitive scenes, you can't 3D print. Yes, they can tell the difference. Yes, you can tell the difference, even painted. Uh, but if you can go, oh yes, these are orc arms with Space Marine, they're they're gonna find that cool. Oh yeah, these are sisters mixed with Space Marines. That's cool. Um, oh, this is Blood Bowl mixed with you know Harlequins. That's cool. It's GW. You can take fantasy units. And do this very similar thing and kit bash yeah. them in 40k. You can do that, and that's really cool. It, like, okay, I don't like the Necron models, but there's this undead unit from Age of Sigmar that I really like, and I can kit bash it into 40k into Necrons. Awesome. Hey, I don't like the orcs from 40k, but I like the orcs from uh, Age of Sigmar. Okay, perfect. You can kit bash it. It, will it take an amazing amount of time, patience, a very good exacto knife, and some green stuff? Yes, it's going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not they're not designed that way. But at the end of the day, it's plastic. Yeah. Enough enough glue, green stuff, and time and patience. Yes, you can you could pretty much do almost anything. And um, that's I, I love that. I love that about this game. It is a modeling and hobby game. And mm-hmm. even on the competitive side, you can do it. You just have to use all GW stuff. You can't grab stuff from War Machine and go, look at this weapon. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not GW. So you can't do that. What, what games, since uh, we kind of touched on, we touched on uh, what armies you, you should start off with. We touched on some of the games that we've played, some of the games we're currently playing, and uh, all that, and now kind of wrapped up more on kit bashing because uh, right now I'm thinking maybe we tell people what we're playing or currently working on in our hobby progress right now to kind of give them an idea of like you know what they might expect to hear about later. Are you talking about for 40K? Oh my I'm God, talking about for whatever, because like I know you're playing <laughs> Diablo 4 right now, the MMO <laughs> of death. I, um, for tabletops, it is it is my focus is Warhammer. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got about six damn armies uh, working on. Uh, my main project right now is Sisters. Um, it's a very cheeky walker list mm-hmm. um, because you can feel the stupid amount of them. It's going to be terrible. Melee is not as strong in um, 10th edition as it was in 9th or 8th. Um, and the way I'm set up is very short range in melee. I so, don't play competitive. I don't give a crap. Nope. It's going to be funny. And I'm going <laughs> to outwork the orcs and I'm going to do it with sisters. That was the whole plan. I so mean, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like just working hobby wise on getting all of my models at least color coordinated because I don't have a lot of time to devote to painting. I don't have like 10 hours plus or have the attention span to do that because I am going through so many other different things at a time that I I just myself cannot focus on it as much as I want to. And I know that I want to make it at least presentable enough to where I can be happy with it. 
I, I, I just can't unless a project really doing, got me. In. Yeah. But what, what you're doing is the proper way, you know, yeah. get everything, then get everything primed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then if you're doing washes and uh, what do they call the new, it's basically a wash. Uh, contrast. The contrast. If you're doing washes and contrast, then go ahead and do your lighter colors. Um, do a lot of dry brushing on your lighter colors to raise out. And then you can just wash and contrast everything after that. See, you can do I, it. <laughs> but you don't do it unit by unit. You do it army by army. So you yeah. turn around and prime the whole damn thing. Then you go into your next army, prime the whole damn thing. And then you go, because me and Dave are in a situation where, you know, we went out and bought multiple armies all at the same time or very close. So now we have just this backlog of stuff we have to build and and construct. Oh, yeah. So um, thankfully, if the apocalypse ever happens, we're not going to be bored. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So this, you'll eventually get through it. But sitting there and painting each and individual model old school way, mm. uh, making them showroom quality. Yes, I could see you. You don't. You don't have the time for that. So yeah. do do your washes, do your contrasts, and do it that style. So you're going to go ahead and dry brush your white or gray or whatever you're going to use over your primer, and then turn around and wash or contrast the whole thing, and then. At a later time, you can go back and add their teeth, add their eyes, add the blood on their swords, dirty them up, because who likes clean orcs? You know, I did um, have an idea. Whatever. You could do whatever you want to do after. I had an idea where I would go out and I would get a bunch of the uh, Nuln oil uh, bottles, right? And what I would do is I would go home, I would get a decently sized jar, and I would make sure that... It wasn't too big or anything of that, but I would measure it to where if, like, if I dipped in a model and then pulled it out, it would have all the known oil kind of, like, dripping off of it, and I could just hang it upside down, and it could actually, like, drip it out, and I'm not sitting there with the overage. And I just wondered how that would work with speeding up the process of doing the known oil one. There's a cheaper option. There's a cheaper option made by Army Painter. Oh. Which is the company that makes um, your Flames of War. Hashtag um, not sponsored. Haunt, hashtag not sponsored. Correct. Um, <laughs> and for all you cringing that I'm using another paint product. Um, I'm sure any idea. any hobbyist worth their salt, it's not just using one particular option. They're know, using multiples. I know. I know. Um, so... Um, not hat, not sponsored, but in the Albany area, Zombie Planet definitely has them. Um, it's basically follow the counter around the corner, and it's right in front of you. And they have little cans there uh, for different shades. And it's basically they have like a brownish color, they have a black color, and that's what it's for. You you literally dip it in, and it will lacquer and get your knoll all in one shot. And the instructions are right on the can, and it's fairly cheap. That's beautiful. Um, so, I'll have so to stop that, by that is, before work. That, that is that is an, <laughs> that instead of buying a shit ton of null oil, um, I do believe on GW's website they have a bigger can of it instead of those little tiny bottles. Yeah, but that's probably a better option. I would try it though. I've not. I've I've looked at it. That's why I know about it, and I thought it was very interesting. Um, an interesting idea. I've seen it at other, other hobby shops in Connecticut and stuff like that too. Pretty much any real hobby shop is going to also carry Flames of War. Like I got an old Marnius Calgar that 
I've been holding on to because I don't have Space Marines anymore. But uh, I just love the look of the model from the old uh, uh, resin that th that he was printed in. And I just figured, you know what would probably be cool if I'd actually tried that process where I spray painted him uh, primed white and then dipped him into that and then pulled them out and see if it actually did a lot of the work for getting uh, everything to pop. And if it did that, then I'd be like, all right, well, maybe I want to do that with most of the armies, you know, just kind of get them uh, primed in the color that I need them to be and then dip them in that. And that would save so much time in the painting think, process. No, the way I was looking at it was more like, <clears throat> so like your orcs, you know, when you're done painting your orcs, they all look flashy. Yeah, and remember uh, when you um, you. Did I'm not doing that for the boys, though. I have way too many boys to really make them flashy. Uh, there's no way. Like well, the one flashy no, well, one that I have doing... is my Gasgul, and I'm happy with it. Well, do you remember what I did with Gasgul though? Because you 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 finished them up, and I'm like, that is awesome. You did an amazing job. But I said, can I have like 30 minutes or 20 minutes with them? And I think I did. it wasn't even 20 minutes. It was more like yeah. five to 10, and you hit it with a bunch more known oil than I was expecting, but it kind of really dirtied him up. And I was really like awed by it. I was like, wow, that's that's a detail I did not see there. That's, but you did. That's what that's what you wanted. That's what this is actually for. So you have to get most of the painting done already. It's not oh. I'm gonna lacquer it afterwards. It's this is why I say you do it with your orcs. So your orcs, you're going to be doing uh, the contrast on all their skin color, and most of them have a lot of skin, so you're going to be... That's very fast. So for something like your orcs, what you would do, and you can do it army-wise, you can do it uh, squad-wise, however you want to do it, is you turn around and you prime them black, and then you, you, you dry brush your white over all their skin tone, okay? And then you do your mass, you know, green uh, orc flesh wash, it comes mm -hmm. out absolutely amazing. Okay, just do that. Okay, then go ahead and throw up their armor and stuff like that. Oh, I want yellow on everything, but that yellow really pops. That's not orcs. And then you would dip them into this stuff afterwards to dirty it up so you don't have to sit there with a brush and no oil on every model. You would just dip, 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 and you're done. Yeah. Um, so that's what that's actually for. Is It's more of a finishing touch, plus it will, uh, if I was reading it correctly, throw a little... Uh, nice little lacquer on it so it will help protect the paint afterwards also so there won't be any chipping now there's not much there's not as much chipping problems on mm -hmm. plastic as there was pewter but that does help uh they also make spray um spray cans that are like clear matte that you can just spray everything down afterwards to help protect the paint afterwards and it doesn't mm -hmm. add a shine to it if if it's like orcs and you don't want it shiny uh, they make a gloss version if you know you're you're running with some marine chapter that really wants to pop, then they have those options too. No, so, I, I I know it's just the fact that right now it's just a um, finishing touch for yeah. no oil, basically. Yeah, because um, no, no, no oil for people that don't know is basically watered down ink. Yeah, that's how we used to make it back in the days. We would go to Staples and buy a, a bottle of ink, and then we would water it down and make our no oil. Um, I, I, I love the fact that GW now makes that product, but it's kind of hilarious because you can still do it cheaper by just going and watering down a big bottle of ink that you get at an office supply store. <laughs> now, so, what, it, what it comes down to it, like a lot of this sounds kind of daunting to non 
uh, tabletop gamers for models and stuff like that. And yes, a lot of it does require some time for you to kind of slowly get into it and kind of get into your own shtick. Or maybe you're you're not too keen be- with a brush and you've actively made the decision to go, you know what, maybe I'm going to have a buddy, I'm going to pay him for his time and pay for the paints and have him do it so that when it's done... I don't have to worry about it. There's nothing wrong with that either. Just as long as you give them the props. Like if they put all that time, if they put the effort and you, and you paid for that effort, that's fine. Just don't go turning around saying that that's yours. But to, to preface this where I was going with it is I used to do the that. hobby. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just. I, no, no, no. I used to paint four people. I used to charge about 20 bucks an hour off the books. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a deal with the shop that I was working at. They were trying to build the Warhammer community. And uh, at the time, they were pushing. It was fantasy. It was before Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's fine. Um, and I talked to the owner. And I said, I'll make them buy all their paint supplies there from you. All the models need to be bought from you. And I will pay. And I will um charge them 20 bucks an hour and i personally will quote them prior so okay this unit is going to take me about two hours this model is going to take me two hours uh, mm-hmm. this army is going to take me you know 40 hours and i would quote them out of price and then i would go over to their the paint supply of that store and do it and i love the fact that you said you know give that kudos out to whoever did it because i have run into some of the people that i have painted their models for Mm -hmm. and you know come to find out for years they've been saying they painted them yeah now personally i don't care they paid me i i don't care it's kind of funny but you pay a tattoo artist you know you don't say i tattooed that (laughs) no i had this guy up in you know so and so so and so at this place you know did this did this you know it's it's the same thing if somebody's doing the work for you give them the props yeah you know um because if they're doing it they're doing it either as a side hustle or they're doing it just because they love the hobby and you know that's how i was doing it like at the time everything that I was playing was painted and and done up for the most part. So I was doing it. One, I needed the extra money. It was a side hustle. But two, I was doing it because I loved to paint. Mm. And at the same time, I would sit in the shop with that person's models painting and give classes. So Mm. other people could come in and learn how to play. And I wouldn't charge for the classes. Just come show up at this time every day. I'm at this store painting. A beautiful example of someone who's willing to give their time to help others and not utilize that as an opportunity to show off. Because there's there are also a lot of people out there who make very beautiful work, but end up forgetting that they're a part of the community. Now, there are people out there that just don't care. They just they want to put out their stuff for people to gawk at and, and not really gauge with it. And that's fine. That's entirely up to you. You know, there's multiple different pl- platforms to do that on. But um, there was the the fact that a lot of people who have this knowledge are willing to give you advice. They are willing to help others because they'll see maybe something that you didn't. And having criticism isn't a bad thing, you know. But this is just a perfect example of you, you took your skill. You took a job that you had been assigned to do and decided to kind of do a twofer for it. You helped build a community while completing that job. That would personally benefit you. 
Yeah, and I mean, it gave me more people to play. Um, it gave me less people I had to paint for. I'll be mm -hmm. honest, because one of the biggest things people really, especially if they want to get into the tournament scenes, is that uh, oh man, I I don't have the time, the patience to uh, or the or the skill. I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you right now how I got into Warhammer was I was in the army and I I had heard of the game. I was a D and D player um, in high school, played Magic. Um, so I knew what Warhammer and, but I'm like, nah, I, I, I'd never been a, a person to paint. Uh, I was never into models and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I watched two buddies, uh, where I was stationed. I was stationed at a joint task force. So one of them was army. One was actually Navy and they sat down and played and it was, um, they were playing orcs versus black Templar. And, okay. Um, that just sounds like a fun game. Yeah. Uh, well, this was, like I said, right at the end of second edition. And th I watched them actually play a game. And I went, wow, this is something that I can get into. This is a, this seems like a lot. Of and I started talking to them. And then I went down to a local hobby shop. And this was maybe a month or so later. I did not have a lot of money at the time. And the NIDs had just come out. Third edition had just dropped. NIDs were the first you know, real kind of the new codex for third edition. They did come out in second. Um, and I went, oh, wow, they've got all these new plastic models. This looks cool. Um, and that's what I, you know, that's what I did. This was I picked up mids. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, Demon Hunters, mm. which are now Grey Knights. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be honest, um, the first model I painted was a Carnifex. Okay, and... I had never painted anything in my life. Uh, they, they didn't have a lot of the stuff they have out now, by the way. They didn't mm -hmm. have all the washes. They didn't have they didn't have no oil. We had to make our own. They did not have the contrast. They didn't have any of them. They had, here's about 15 different colors. Do what you will with it. You know, okay. kind of thing. And, <laughs> and, um, and the tops would break on them. They were, they were just terrible. And... You know, and they would dry out very fast. They didn't have all the formulas and colors really down to a science at that time. And I produced a piece with, you know, my buddy kind of gave me some pointers. He said, you know, hey, you know, little is more. He showed me dry brushing, which is a very old technique that's not really used all that much anymore because of the contrasts. And I went at it and I took my time. And that Carnifex probably took me about 30 hours. And I even modded out the base, and that ended up being a showroom piece um, in that local store. Wow. Um, and I had never painted before. I, I literally, I mean, maybe some classes in school or something, but nothing I ever took serious. Right. And I really, you don't know until you try. You really don't know until you try. We didn't have YouTube at the time. There's tons of YouTube channels out there that will mm -hmm. give you, uh, this is how you do it. There's a lot of TikToks out there. This is how you do it. Uh, there's just so much information. You can go, like I said, to a GW shop. And if it the, if the store manager is worth his salt, we'll sit down and show you how to paint. We'll take the time to show you how to paint. Um, some of your third-party stores, your hobby shops, some of them will do it, some won't. Um, that's a crapshoot on that one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, even if you produce an absolute crap piece, who cares? It's yours. And yeah. as long as you're happy with it, my opinion, Dave's opinion, 
Joe Schmo's opinion doesn't matter at the end of the day, because guess what? You can always go, oh, screw it. You know, oh man, those first models I painted were terrible. I'm much better now, six months, a year down the road. Uh, but those first models are terrible. I want to redo them. And you can redo them and you can mm -hmm. fix them. You don't need to make everything showroom quality. Now, um, let, now let's let's uh, kind of sidestep off of here because we have been talking about Warhammer for a bit. But you know what we really need to talk about is our is your favorite subject, your 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 love, your love of your life, and uh, that's Magic the Gathering because uh, there's been some stuff going on. I know, I know. L listen to the frustration, ladies and gentlemen. It's there for a reason. <laughs> All right. Again, anyone not listen to the podcast where we talked extensively <laughs> about Magic the Gathering. Um, I'm a very old OG player on this mm -hmm. one. I gave up about, what, two, three years now? Uh, actually, it's been about a year and a half. About, about a year and a half. It yeah. feels a lot longer. But uh, I gave up the addiction uh, for reasons that we don't need to get back into. But Stickers. What, stickers what, what what needs to rage me more <laughs> okay so uh, okay so um two things one universes beyond what are your thoughts about it i have no idea i haven't looked okay universes beyond is that supplemental product that they're putting out that introduces other ips into magic with their own uh, like commander decks or sets or anything like that. Oh, so yeah. at first, at first, so the first one they did was Godzilla. Okay, and they did that in. Uh, that's technically not universes beyond, but that does I add know, a different but that was IP. The first, that was that was the first cross yeah. IP. Yeah, that they really did something with was the Godzilla set, and and you know I went out and got all of them. Yeah, like I love Godzilla. I love Magic. It was and the set that they put it in was amazing um unfortunately you know it became so popular that they were like oh here's a new cash cow and then they did it with you know walking dead and what are they doing like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff now no 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 and the reason why i'm bringing this up before we get further into it is because i wanted you also on that on that episode uh with me and recon talking about it but you were unavailable so i figured you know what i had the opportunity I uh, was we're here. down we're in the keys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, right? You should have yeah, brought us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I had a blast. So, so here, here's the reason why I bring it up, okay? Because I wanted to get your opinion on it. Now, when they introduced Universes Beyond as its own supplementary set, what did you think about it? And their first one that they introduced being Warhammer 40K. How did you feel oh, about that? So... The 40K, obviously, in the communities that we run in was very popular. I personally did not go out and buy any. Mm -hmm. um, I know you did, and I got to see it. Bought two sets. Um, so, you know, they did it for the commander. And I know, like I said, you went out and bought some of it. Um, okay, fine. It's just when you're running out of ideas, uh, I, I'm always a fan of partnerships, you know, but only to a certain extent. Yep. Okay, you have an amazing product, um, and you're just you're you're out of ideas now. So what you're doing is okay, partnering up with other people to make money. It it is a way for them to bring people into magic that might not be magic players, and I get that. Um, business standpoint, I understand it. 
Um, it's just they. I'm gonna go OG again. Mm-hmm. So your first few magic sets were very, very D and D esque. Mm-hmm. Orcs, goblins, humans, elves, zombies. It was dr- dragons. You know, it was very, very D and D. And their community, the, the the way they built the original community, Alpha, Beta, um, Arabian Nights, uh, the Dark, um, Antiquities. Don't, don't get too far down the rabbit hole, or else we're just going to be talking about the history of magic again. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. But it was it was very, very, it was very, very D and D esque, and they spent a decade trying to separate the two. They really did. Um, very, very hard. To the point where there's plenty of articles out there from the mid-90s where they said, especially when Wizards bought Dungeons & Dragons from TSR, uh, they said, we are not, we're going to keep them separate. Mm-hmm. We're not going to combine them. We want them to be separate products. We don't want Magic to become a D&D uh, alternative. Well, but that's what it was originally created as. Then they did the really the true first crossover was D and D. They 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 did that was actually the true first crossover. Not I mean, te- technically, Universes Beyond started with the like you said the the freaking Godzilla cards because they cards. they showed that off. The first true that they did was uh, the Walking Dead actually secret layer. That secret layer was. Kind of grandfathered in now, but originally it wasn't a universes beyond thing. But uh, that was their big selling point, and then they decided to slowly kind of work with more different IPs like Stranger Things, Fortnite. But it wasn't until they said, "Hey, we're going to actually make supplementary products. We're calling it Universes Beyond, and we're doing 40k." Now you see Universes Beyond sometimes either intertwined into sets. And given their own supplemental sets and stuff like that now than it was before. Like, we just got done with Lord of the Rings not too long ago. And now uh, Doctor Who just got introduced for Commander decks. Now, uh, I'm in the same boat as you are. I hate the fact that there's universes beyond in it. But being true to myself, and, and if I'm really, really being honest here... There are certain IPs I just can't ignore. So when 40K was introduced, I was full, fully invested, and I bought two of the decks. So one I can keep uh, 100% pre-con, and the other ones I can tear apart and build my own into it. But recently I just picked up the Doctor Who ones because I love Doctor Who. But besides that, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that. My, yeah. my big issue is the reason I brought up kind of the history yeah. was magic's magic has always been a fantasy mix with steampunk. Yeah. Air, that that's that's what their thing is, is. So you have these contraptions out there, but it's all fantasy slash steampunk fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with that. So if they had done Warhammer, but Age of Sigmar instead of 40K. Which was such a better idea, honestly, if, if you were to really right. ask me if they, that. If, if they had done that, I no problem. If yeah. you went with Lord of the Rings, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. All of that. I'm fine with that. I, I, I'm actually, I don't have a problem with it because it's fantasy-based. Go with other fantasy-based products mm-hmm. and 
do the crossovers, and I'm fine with that. Even if you get into kind of the steampunkish stuff, yeah, fine. Eberron, fine, cool. You know, there, there's there's at least something there. But when you go 40k, mm. oh, okay, um, I'm waiting for Star Wars. That's uh, uh, I'm just waiting for it. I'm, I'm just waiting for it. it's gonna happen. You know, uh, well, so I mean, like they got they threw Doctor Who into it. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised Doctor, if they are Doctor Who. You know, um, <laughs> okay. Walking Dead at least made some sense because it's zombies and zombies have been in since Alpha. Fine, okay, get that. Okay, you know, what not about the Street Fighter? Fan of it? No, it's uh, what the <laughs> hell? Like, you know, why not Mortal Kombat? Why not? Right? You know. <laughs> Pac-Man magic cards. I mean, come on, this is silly. Well, here's here's the newest ones that are coming out, and I know, I know you're you're going to be as just as frustrated as I am. But people people want these, and people will pay for these, and that's their shtick. But um, there are just certain things that I I won't even look at. But this is just us. we got the Evil Dead Secret Lair drop, but it's Secret Lairs, so it's not really our own supplemental product. So we're going to keep it to demons, supplementals. Demons, again, demons, zombies kind of makes sense, even though it's modern day right? and not fantasy. Okay, that you can you, you can kind of go, okay, it's already in. So All right, so with fantasy dinosaurs, stuff, with fantasy dinosaurs, would you accept Jar- Jurassic Park, Jurassic World as a thing? Again... You've already got dinosaurs in freaking <laughs> fantasy. Fantasy. You also have them in D and D. Yeah. So okay, fine. But when is true? When are we getting True Blood? So we have naked chicks. Well, okay. we're we're getting close to that because the very next one that's coming out that they're starting to do leaks for, and it's got a lot of people excited for it. Understandably, I may not agree with it, and I know you're not going to agree with it. And that's Fallout. The next one after that is Assassin's Creed. And then in 2025, they're doing Final Fantasy. So, okay, Final Fantasy and Assassin's Creed. Again, I know it's modern day, but it goes back into historical. The time jumps back most of the time, at least the older ones do. And Final Uh, Fantasy does have old school, like the older school games, taps into the fantasy aspect, not like guns and shit. Yeah, well, it was always steampunk, is yeah. what it was. It was always steampunk, so even the guns that they have. And mind you, I mean, dwarves have guns anyway, so yeah. it's... I, I, I'm okay with some of it, but when you start talking about all this other stuff, and like I said, like, oh, we're getting Twilight, you know, I'm not following it, personally, guys. I'm not following it. I'm out of magic. Um, I don't really even have any ambition of playing magic anymore you know I, I haven't gotten rid of my cards or my collection which is huge so i'll probably eventually get back in and go you know let's play some games but i'm not supporting the product anymore yeah uh, i just its soul is gone i'm i'm slowly downsizing my collection to where um because i don't play as much as we used to anymore and when we used to play we played by a, a an entirely different mindset for our our casual games because we wouldn't try to do as much of the crazy stuff you see in most casual games these days and uh, at the same time even though our games were were hilarious yeah 
they, they were hilarious because it was some weird interaction that I'm doing off of you, off of Don, off of Ed. Yeah. Yeah, and I get, I get that. Like, you know, and that's that's really like I, I said, I'm, very, I'm slowly cool. just removing the collection down to where it's like, okay, I have some pre cons, I have some. Uh, decks that I made that I'm happy with playing over and over and over again. Um, and then I'll have some competitive decks. And then after that, I'm I'm, I'm kind gonna of going to be out of it myself. If I'm going to dedicate my money, my time to a game, I want to be able to sit there and laugh. Yeah. Okay. I want to enjoy myself. I don't care if I lose. Um, and I mean, that's, that's <laughs> there was any, any of my hobbies. I'm an avid pool player. Now, you know, and I mind you, or let's asterisk this. Because you've had your days and I've had my days where we just table flip. Oh, of course. We've all we've all had that, you know, and it's it's going to happen. We're human. You, yep. you know, stressors are multiplicative. You come in with stressors from real life. You're, you're gaming to get out of that. But sometimes it gets dragged in, yep. you know, and but the ultimate goal is not to win or lose. It's to have fun. Yeah, that's that's the whole point is not win or lose, but have fun. You know, and but we're all trying to win. You don't want somebody at the table that doesn't want to win. They're just going to sit there and go, oh, well, whatever. I, you know, I don't like that. Um, I do want people to sit there and play and play to their fullest ability. Yeah. But at the same time, I want everybody to have fun, whether they're winning or losing. And if somebody's not having fun, I'm not going to have fun. Mm-hmm. or I'm going to have fun at their expense. One or the other, because I'm kind of an asshole. Uh, I'm kind of. <laughs> Let's be honest about that now. <laughs> Again, I, I prefer to laugh. Like I, I enjoy doing these podcasts with you because I can sit here and laugh. It's you know, it's um, it's a great thing when you like our our experiences and our small little community of game uh, gamers that we've been able to interact with throughout the years and the different shops that we've gone to and all that. Like that culminates into some experience that you can say for yourself you know what um maybe maybe the experiences that i've had can be able to help other people uh when it comes down to games when it comes down to techniques when it comes down to deck building like it does add up after a while so for those of you who are just like ah you know i i don't really have much to say about it i've only played in either competitive or I've only played in a small group of my friends sitting around the table, that's fine because eventually you're going to get to the point where life is going to catch up with you. And those times that you've had with your friends, those hundreds of hours you've spent over the years playing in that small group will help develop you into the social skills that you'll be able to bring out to other places. Like if you're still in the game of magic, like I am, uh, because with my job, I'm able to go out at least once a week now and hang out with people. But I'm also in a CDH league, so I also have to keep an, a kind of an open schedule enough to where when we're ready to play, I can show up, I can play, and then I can go home and do my thing. But um, I'm thankful. You can, do it, you can do it in anything. And I, I, I mentioned, you know, I'm an avid billiards player, eight ball and nine ball. I play, you know, at least three times a week. And, you know, this past Tuesday, I got my face crushed in. You know, I didn't shoot all that well. Um, I'm going to say kudos to your opponent who bash-faced you. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely got my face crushed in. Very good shooter. They were were on, and I was not. But then Friday, 
I had probably one of the most drug out slug fest of a match in nine ball that I've probably ever had. And I had so much fun. Hmm. I had so much fun. And so did my opponent, by the way. The, this is a gentleman I've known for 14, 20 years. He's much older than me, probably arguably one of the best shots in the league we have. And I, I beat him not by much. Uh, and I'm going to tell you this match lasted, we're both high rank and it lasted over an hour. And it was, we were both just, I mean, watching people up playing pool, sweating. You know, it was one of those just knockout, drag out matches. And we had, both of us had so much fun. And we were, if I had lost that match, I wouldn't have cared because I shot, I shot amazing. He shot amazing. And we both had just an amazing amount. Of and that, that, that's really all it matters at the end of the day. And when you're playing in leagues, I mean, there's cash prizes at the end. There's there's plaques and trophies. There's... Oh, we don't have that. <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying is this is a competitive setting. Yeah. This is a competitive setting where there's there's trips, there's cash, there's trophies, there's plaques, there's patches. There's all kinds. You know, this is an actual very competitive scene. And... Um, this could theoretically lead into a pro career. Not for me. I don't play enough. But, you know, if if you wanted to, this is a stepping stone into that. So just so everyone knows, this is not a casual league. It's a very, very competitive league. But you can still have a lot of fun. Like, I don't have any fun just raffle stomping a lower rank shooter. Like, and that happens sometimes um, where I'm put up and they, they the other team will throw off to me. So here I am, you know, a high rank shooter against a low rank shooter. The whole goal is the low rank shooter needs to win a lot less to win the match. It is a handicap league, but more than likely they're not going. Uh, basically, I'm going to screw up and they're going to win is what's going to happen. I'm going to eight out of turn or I'm going to do something stupid where they, they end up taking the w but going back to where i was going with this with uh throwing with universes beyond um so they they just did to something at wizards of the coast that i think we just kind of sit there and just shrug but there's a lot of people who are very upset about it and i know when you were still in the game you were buying a lot of product to kind of kind of get everything that you were looking for in that um so Wizards just announced that they are no longer going to have draft boosters and set boosters, but they are going to combine them into what is called a play booster. So it is going to be 14 cards. The possibility of having multiple rares in it, just like you would a set booster, is going to be apparent. It's, so, it's going to be there. Um, but they are now lowering it from a 15-card draft booster to a 14 card draft booster how do you feel about that i'm assuming they're raising the price point uh more than likely uh considering that i mean i don't see how they could because you had two different price points for draft and then set and mark Rosewater said always, draft was always your cheapest so they're they're, yeah. they're cutting their cheapest out of the picture um they're cutting the amount of cardboard they need for each card um, on your on your set booster, basically, you're just renaming. You know, so the hundred dollar option is going away to buy a box. Um, here is your more expensive option, and you're going to get less product from it. Um, obviously, I don't like that. Again, it, it boils down to fun, and that was the point I was making while bringing billiards into this. Was 
you know, if you have fun drafting and you want to continue doing that at a higher price point, if it's worth it for you, great, do it. Because that's if if that's how every gamer is different, what their expectations is, what their fun is. And if if you want to, go ahead. You know, um, if you don't want to, then don't. That's yeah, if and, you're not and, having fun, don't do it. Uh, any game, whether it's Warhammer, Magic, Billiards, video games, it doesn't matter. If you're not having fun, stop. But, here, but here's else. the thing. Like, a lot of players are upset about this, about this change, because now it's like you're lowering down the draft pool, you're lowering down sealed pool, uh, and all this. But Mark Rosewater said if they, if we didn't do anything... Draft boosters were going away, and this whole change was to save the drafting environment and other limited formats. So it's like they they are aware that there are players who go out there who just on a on a Friday night or a Monday night just they go to draft. They don't go to play huge amounts of commander or any competitive sort of scene right now, and they're just like I'm just going to go out. I'm going to spend like 20, 25 bucks or depending on what we're drafting a little bit more. And I'm just going to draft and have a good time because the limited format is what I'm used to and what I'm comfortable with. And Here's the store that I go to does have quite a drafting uh, environment there. Every Friday, there's at least eight people who show up to play draft. And they're always varied in differences depending on what set is being drafted or whatever or schedule as being an adult, whatever, but that any store, again, it boils down the price point and yeah. with inflation there, they have, uh, they're not making, basically they're not making any money on draft boosters anymore. And even outside of the draft community, the draft boosters were always the more popular option for people that just didn't have the money that wanted to buy a box or a case. It was a much cheaper option than buying, you know, standard or collector. Yeah. Uh, because you get the same amount of cards. Okay, you don't. You might not get any of the alternate artwork, alternate language, Uber, you know, card there. But you're 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 still getting the card. You're getting the playability. Like and the, that's there's... what they're 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 going to force you into if. If you bought draft boosters yeah. for your collection and not to actually draft, now it's okay. Just go buy singletons. Yeah, that that's it. Um, and wait if you're if you're an eternal format, wait. Don't buy it when it's the hot item. Yeah, um, always give it like Dave, three weeks to really like pan out where it's going to be for a price. Dave, you've seen me give it six months. You know. Um, oh yeah. Because I if that card. And there's cards I jump on right away. There's how many times have you heard me go? That card is gross. I can't believe it's worth a dollar. I'm picking up five right now. Oh yeah. You know, and then you know, a year later, two years later, it's a thirty, forty dollar card. It doesn't always happen, but it's happened quite a bit. And then there's other cards where I'm like, that card's not worth it. It's not worth a fifty dollar, a seventy five dollar price tag. Oh yeah. I am not going to buy it now. Most of the time, I end up picking it up for three or four dollars two years down the road. But <laughs> there have been some cards where I went, "Oops, you know that Termagoy for that um, Jace the Mind Sculptor or something <laughs> like that." I have gotten it wrong a time or two, but that's ooh, I can name maybe two or three cards 
where most of the time it was wait for the hype to die down, wait for there to be abundance on TCG, and then pick it up, pick it up at a lower price. Honestly, okay. I feel that merging it into one pack is not a problem because before there were draft boosters and Seth boosters, there were just boosters. And that was pre-everything that you see right now. Whereas you go back and you buy anything from Urza Saga, guess what? You had just a draft booster, which is the, the norm. That was what it was. If you go back even further... The boosters sometimes didn't even have a rare in it. Well, no, no, they always had a rare in it. Are you they sure? Just weren't, they just weren't <laughs> in the rare slot. Yeah. They <laughs> didn't have rare slots. <laughs> so the, the back card could have been a common, you know, but the rare could have been in the middle. But, uh, but now still, Alpha, I, now yeah. Alpha and Beta, yes, there could have been a land in your rare slot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and not have a rare at all in the, in the, in the pack. But, <laughs> yeah. It did happen. It, it, you can't say that it didn't happen. And I know there are listeners out there going, are you serious? And I'll be like, yeah, go over to your older players. Ask them this. Because I guarantee you, they have at least experienced it once. And if someone has never experienced it, you have been blessed. Because that is the worst feeling to ever have, to rip open. My problem. Here's my problem, though. Five years ago, uh -huh. you got... We'll, we'll go back six years, okay? So six years ago, before they had you had the boosters and the standard. That was it. That's what you had. And um, you got more cards in the pack. You got more packs in the box. And you paid less for the, for the case or the box. Now, we're not only going to trim your options on buying a box. We're going to cut the cards down in the box. We've already cut the packs down in the box. So, oh, and you're going to pay the same price as you did, or even more, than you did five years ago. Uh, that is my problem. That's my issue with it. Well, uh, it's going to be a lot of issues uh, going forward, but I feel that this change is actually good because it simplifies it for stores. They're not going to have to order as much product to get it in, but at the same time, all depending on what prices they're being allotted by their distributors that could also change because of this like it, it it's early too early now to see how that this could affect uh down the road sales or down the road uh uh numbers when it comes down to how many people are still playing in draft how many people are still kind of interested is there feigning interest for this are people going to be rotating more towards supplemental products i think well we need a little bit more time in my personal opinion to see what happens community the draft community has dropped radically over the last 15 20 years um it's dropped radically there, there, you still might get like a oh we're gonna run this draft event as a uh, pre-release and you have a ton of people show up they're not really there for the draft they'll play in the draft uh, because they might win some product or something, but they're not actually there for the drafting. Um, that's not their focus. Their focus is to get their hands on the cards. Early. Yeah. Um, it's like you said, um, you, there's a shop where they have a healthy community of about eight guys. Uh, most stores can probably say we've got a healthy community of... Sometimes seven. there's like eight to 12, sometimes close to yeah. 20. Well, yeah, but there used to be. Yeah. There used to be you held a draft event and you had 40 people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Multiple yeah. Multiple so, different pods and... 
Correct, correct, correct. So now you're running one or two pods, you know, where you used to fill up an entire room. You know, uh, no, that's not... They're, they're going, oh, we're selling all these dro- uh, boosters, these draft boosters, because we still have this healthy community. You don't have a healthy community. That's the problem. You don't have a healthy community there. It's that was the cheaper option for somebody who's living on a limited income to get the cards because they want to buy a box. They don't want to buy it singleton. They can get the cheaper version of the card and and they can put together a cheaper version of the set or whatever their goal was. That was the main selling point of those boxes at the end of the day. Because if you have eight guys that get together once a week to draft, you're not making any money on that. Mm. You're just not, even if it's every store not compared to what you were doing in the uh, mid 2000s or even late 2000s. Um, you, you're not, you just don't. The, the community is shrinking yeah. and it's shrinking because the price points have gone way up. Uh, the amount of product that's being thrown at people is going through the roof. Um, they're diluting the market across the board. Um, they're overproducing it. And I said that years ago, that once it started with this whole shamble of we're gonna put out so many uh, sets at a time, I went I went on and I made TikToks about it, and people kept on going, "If you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. You know, just you know, whatever. That it's your opinion, but you know, just but be quiet about it because we don't want to hear it." And and they just wanted to shut it out because they just want to be in this own bubble of let us enjoy it. We don't want to hear your disagreements about it, but if oh, you're going to give your input about it, I should be able to give my input about it, even if it conflicts yours. I respect your opinion on it. Like, what's wrong with me putting my problem with it? And again, I preface this a few times already. If you enjoy it, then that's fine. That That is completely fine. That's completely up to you. Um, and by the way, my original play group that I that got me into magic back in the nineties, ninety three, um, they, they they gave up by about two thousand or so. Most of them, if not all of them, were out of the game of magic because they felt that the soul of the game had gone and you know, that they were being overproduced. Um, yeah. so this is are they bringing in as a company, are they bringing in more new players? To replace the exodus of us old timers that are just going, wow, I've dedicated a huge portion of my life to this 30 years. Um, is it worth it? Yeah. You know, and to be honest, for me personally, um, I, like I said, I'm not dumping my collections. I know it's a game I love. It's a game mm-hmm. I enjoy. And I'm sure there will be times where I'll sit down and play. But I'm not buying any new product. I'm not yeah. going out and getting anything else because... Nothing that's being produced today is going to be worth any money 30 years from now. That's just flat fact of the matter. It's not going to be. Um, and if you don't believe me, look at the sports card market for you collectors out there that are naysayers. Okay, go go ahead and look at sports cards. Okay, and look at cards from the 90s when it was overproduced. 80s, overproduced. It's not worth anything even to this day. I'm sitting on cards from the 80s and 90s from sports cards that shops won't buy them because they're overproduced yeah they're overproduced they're not worth it you know okay uh some hall of famers rookie card fine you know your Derek jeter your ricky henderson's things like that okay they might be worth money. 
But you think Nolan Ryan cards from the 80s? He's a Hall of Famer. You think his cards are worth anything from the 80s and 90s? No, they were overproduced. There's a billion of them. But go back to the 69 and 70, and you've got a money card there. You know, um, that's if you're if you're looking at the new sets for collectability. Sorry, there's no collectability at all. Yeah, the the whole the whole preface on this game is a collector's card game. I feel is going to slowly shift into what's hot right now and the only collectability you're going to have in it is going to be the chase cards for certain formats they but everything just, else uh they just need to stop calling it a tcg game at this point and call it an lt or lc it's not a living card game anymore it's not even a living card game yeah but that's what they need to change it to just change it to that format they'll make just as much money just here you go here's a box Every card in a set, two hundred dollars. But we've that. seen, but we, but we've seen where that goes. You know, like there, there was the Star Wars living card game that you, me, and Ed got into. Me and Ed mostly stayed with it. You kind of were just like burned out from it. Um, I never bought any cards from it though. I just played. With no, you, you just played with what we had, and yeah. I still have my stuff. It's packed away in my storage oh, unit. The, War, the Warhammer game, same yeah, way. You, that was living living card game. Yeah, you you and play, Ed played that. I didn't really play it. LC, I maybe played. Yeah, I I couldn't get into that game as much as you guys did. But those those kind of card games don't reach out to a lot of players as Magic has because it's mainstream. And with oh, anything hear, mainstream, hear, hear me out though. They already have an aspect of it in EDH. How many times? Here's a precon. Yep. That's what a precon is. That's no, I, that's I get what that. A pre, yeah, that's what a precon is. There's no pack in there anymore. They used to. They oh no, there's anymore. a pack. There's a pack. There's a small. Oh, bought, yeah, so they have like a small what they call mini collector pack in the back of it. So when you open it, you get the they whole deck. Added that. Okay. Yeah. Because they didn't have that for the longest time. Uh, they did when they first came out, and then they stopped it. I think only, like, maybe Commander 10 or something had it, and then they did away with that. But that's basically, that. that's what it is. Whenever they come out with, like, Plane Chase or uh, some oddball thing, uh, that's what it is. It's a living card game. Here's every card. You can just buy them. Hmm. That's what a pre-con is. It's, it's, this is a living card game. So if you go out and buy, you know, they come out with, uh, the five commander decks or four commander decks or however many commander decks they come out with. If you buy each one of those boxes, you have the entire set. Oh, yeah. Go. That's <laughs> it. That's it. You're done. You, you've got the entire set. You have every <laughs> card in that set. Congratulations. That's a living uh, card game. But, and so and, do, and yeah. that's, very, that's a very popular selling format for them. So they can go that route if they want to. And yeah. it's not even a stretch. It's not as far of a stretch now that I brought it up, is it? It's not. They, no. They've been doing it for years. Uh, they have been and, and, with hey, small right, supplemental products. I do now. Right. Now I think about it because that's what the summer drops are. The yeah. Summer drops or, you know, the, your 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 special drops, your secret layers, your all this stuff. There it MTG is. MTG game right nights sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that's what it is. There's your living <laughs> card game right there. It's they've mixed it and they mixed it very successfully. Oh yeah. Um, but my recommendation for players under the new format that they're changing these boxes to and again i haven't looked into it but my recommendation would be especially if you're an eternal format player and not a new if if, if you play standard or you play draft keep doing it if that's what 
makes you happy. I'm not saying don't. Uh, but if you're an EDH player, just buy them on the secondary market at this point. Yeah. Don't stop stop cracking packs. Uh, there's no point in it. Um, your wallet is going to be your voice to this company because if they start if packs start if they don't sell their product, yeah, then they're gonna have to lower the price. They're gonna have to increase the price. Uh, the card counts in them. They're gonna have to go back to the way they were. Um, but I mean, and the secondary market affects it too because if there's enough cards in the set that's worth money, guess what? The the shops will pack them. The shops will pack the cards and throw it up on TCG or sell it in their shop. Yeah. So you know, just go that route. You know, unless there's some ridiculous chase card that you think you're gonna win the lottery on, go Good for luck. it. And we've all we've all done it. You know, uh, you know, I picked out a um, mana crypt, which I had to laugh about because I never wanted to own one. I mean, uh, I had the OG one and traded it off. So I was like, this is a card I never really cared about. But I ended up packing out of a mystery booster. Like, I was just like, you know something? Let me just buy that mystery booster. Screw it. It's the last one. The shop gave me a deal on it. I'm like, okay, cool. Here, I'll buy it. Whatever. You know, and I cracked it. And there's a mana crypt. I went, oh, there's a mana crypt crypt for 15 bucks. That's great. That's cool. Right. Fantastic. Um, yeah, fantastic. I'm going to throw it in a tiki deck that has, you know, 48 other mana rocks. Have fun. Did you ever get that deck like, back? Uh, don't talk about that. All right. I'm, I'm we're, we're, the search continues. <laughs> search doesn't continue. He's going to end up getting shot. But anyway. Uh, um, so, like, do you do you play any magic uh, digitally at all? Like Arena or Mikko? No, my, room, or... my, my, my roommate does. Um, I don't. I don't even play it digitally. I, like I said, I'm completely out of magic. Um, okay. Uh, like I said, you know, maybe there'll be a time where I got, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, my decks aren't apart. They're sitting there. They haven't changed in a year and a half. And I'll be like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll bring my big tackle box out of decks and go, hey, let's play some. <laughs> let's let's play, you know, get get a third person. Let's sit down and, you know, throw some cards and dice. You know, Honestly, uh, for me, I know that, uh, me going out and playing and there are just certain times where I'll be like, you know what, you know, I want to play something casual. I'll play with a group of players that I don't really play with all too often. And I'll find that it's a flip coin, whether or not that experience is going to be good or bad. But when I sit down and I play with my friends in more of the highly competitive players, there's never any bad feelings because you're laughing, you're having a good time. Everyone's playing at their high, high effect. Like everyone knows what they're doing. And there's like, I find I'm having more trouble, like being able to connect with a lot of the general uh, public when it comes down to playing casual games now, because everyone's got that different idea of what casual is like after our, our conversation about it. But I find that the more casual players that I play with are the ones that are playing competitive. So I just kind of play there. But I play enough to where I can be able to just have something to do now, not kind of go out of my way to do events or anything like that. Um, I'm being invited out to with, by a group of friends to go out with them to Pennsylvania and possibly play in a CDH uh, tournament out there. And I'm thinking about doing it just to kind of, you know, do something different for a weekend. But um, would I say that 
you know, do I want to spend that much time going to events or cons or anything like that? No, not really. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with just being home and having it as a, as a hobby. I can be able to just pick up like, like you are, you know, when you're just bored, pick up, give a call out, say, Hey, you want to play some cards? Let's meet up, throw some cards out, have some fun. That's really it. And, um, you know, like I said, I did the competitive scene and you, you, you kind of are right. If, um, if I go into a random card shop and I, I hear, uh, we play competitive, I go, okay. And I'll sit down and I'll be like, look, my decks aren't really competitive, but I'll do what I can. And I, I tend to have fun because it's, it's mindset. Um, I'm going in with the, I'm going to get my ass kicked. You know, I'm going in with that, you know, I, I'm going in with that mindset. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get my ass kicked. And um, if I win, that's much more enjoyable because, you know, I came from such an underdog position. Um, whereas casual, I, you know, if I hear people say I play casual, I play like the most nerfed decks I, I physically have. Yeah. Kind of see what the power level is. And then even then I won't play to my top ability. Yeah. Because ability trumps cards nine times out of ten anyway. I, I mean I've proven it to you and I've proven it to other people a hundred times over. We're just having the knowledge and the ability can a lot of times overcome what cards are actually in your deck. And mm. um not always, and but it can happen. And when it does, it's pretty damn funny. But, you know, I just play down personally i play down at skill level i play down on everything and then i'll tone it up to wherever they're actually at and it is less fun of an enjoyment because you're sitting there going well these are all casual decks and none of these are competitive like in no way shape or form is you know my <laughs> uh, my odin Oakenshield deck competitive but i'll kill one person you know i'll commit seppuku to do it one person's <laughs> dying who's pissing me off you know um so it's it's just uh it's, it's the way it is, you know. Um, so You just got to find those kind of players that will be able to respect what you're doing at the table and not kind of take the game a little too seriously, you yeah, know? Well, that's, and you know what you're getting. If they say we're playing competitive, yeah. then you know you're coming into where, okay, you might learn, you might lose turn one. You, you might get completely shut out of the game. You're going in with that mindset that I'm going to get raffle stomped. And if you end up not getting raffle stomped, it's a great feeling. What about players uh, that put out this whole visage of, hey, as long as you're not bothering me, I won't bother you. And I then, do, th yeah, I like, dude, crap. you're there to play the game. Don't misrepresent it. Because I've had more people misrepresent their stance in a game, and I take them at their word. And then when they go about taking advantage, then they try going backpedaling, going, nope, nope, I, I didn't do that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally innocent. No, no. Just own it, okay? If you're doing that, I'm now going to always consider you at the table. I don't care what you're playing at, but I'm going to consider you as a player who's not going to be open and honest with me, and I'm going to just look at you as always a threat. Well, and here's the difference between one-on-one uh, -on -one competitive and pod, and even yeah. pod competitive. There is an aspect of politics into it. A big, big aspect of politics into it. And um, if you're the new player at the table, they don't know what you have. You don't know what they have. Um, and they're going to consider you a threat right out the door. And if they notice that you're not 
you know, will it turn one really blowing up? Then they might go, okay, the guy got a bad hand, or yeah. oh, maybe this guy's not as good, and they're they're going to seem to pack off, and you don't really have to say a damn word. I've I've used that to my advantage a lot of times. Oh, I've got a soul ring and a mana crypt in my hand, turn one, but I don't drop them turn one. I drop them turn three or four. Yeah, you know, it's like I I don't drop them turn one because I drop that kind of power turn one. And all of a sudden, now I'm the main threat on the table, and everyone's going to do whatever they can to stop. Yep. Uh, that is the point of the game. Everybody at the table is trying to win, especially in a competitive scene. So, same, or even in a non-competitive scene, it's just the point of the game. That yeah, there is going same, to be a winner. Saying, there's going to be a loser. Oh, don't don't bother me. I'm not going to bother you. Well, at some point, you're going to have to break that, unless you're just going to GG it and fist bump and call and move on to the next game. And most that and a perfect um, example of that like last night i was playing in a pod and this guy had me dead to rights and you know he just got done uh trolling uh his his uh wife out of the game again and it was just me and him and i was just like hey so we can get these two guys back in and a gg and i put my fist up kind of give him the look that you and i always give each other and he was just like, ah, I'm going to go through, take a couple of extra turns, and I'm just going to murder you. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I respect it. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't even bat an eye. I didn't feel bad about it. I knew it was a possibility. But um, but sometimes, you know, e- even when you come up there to have a good time and you think that, oh, I'm just going to GG it out, that it, they maybe they actually want to play it out, see what you might draw into, see what they, they might have draw. to deal with. Correct. See what they're going to draw into. You know, there's yeah. been times where you've offered me the GG, and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're like, well, okay, I'm going to murder fast you, but I've got the card that stops you in my hand. So there's no reason for me to GG it out. I'm going to go for the win. But there's been times where I went, okay, fine, GG. And then I show you my hand, and you're like, okay, I'm glad I offered that. <laughs> like, <laughs> vice versa, where I go, yeah. GG, and you go, yeah, sure. No. Or you go, sure. Or you go, no. And it's like, ah, oh, crap. I'm about to get my ass kicked. I thought I was winning, but apparently I'm not. You know, it's, it's you know, you, you, unless you can see their eyes and your mind reader, you're not going to know. Yeah. And it got, you got to laugh. Like, how many times have we trolled somebody out the table? Oh, my and, God. Oh, uh, man. And we just laugh. It's, it's just hilarious. Like, it's yeah it might suck for that one person but if they're laughing too then it's a good sign you know um it's not a table flip moment but sometimes those table flip moments are pretty damn funny sometimes though you have to really like (laughs) read the room too because some people just don't read the room like if someone's there to have a good time you can kind of see it if someone's there to just fucking curb stomp and you try to have that kind of fun and they're just not kind of getting into the program then I don't really feel bad if they get raffle stomped in the game and they kind of like, you know, put up their nose and leave and stuff like that. Then it's just like, dude, you didn't go there to have fun. So like with magic as it is right now, I'm enjoying the atmosphere with more of the competitive players than the non-competitive players, because that group of people is very healthy compared to the people who are there for the casual, in my opinion. Me, your wife, and Don can sit down and play ca- and play casual. Um, we can add edit in the mix and play casual. That's not a problem. Can yeah. we add some other people in? No, we couldn't. Is there going to because... be a bunch of shit talking? Yes, there is. Oh, a massive, <laughs> amazing <laughs> amount of crap. A 
okay? <laughs> and, you know, and we're playing Nerf the decks, you know, and it's like, okay, whatever, you know, remember, no infinite combos, unless you, you know, info off somebody else. Yeah. Like, which is fine for me, because half my decks have clones in them anyway, so. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, look at that. That enchantment, I like that. I'm going to copy that. <laughs> and now I'm going to have infinite mana. <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, most of your decks, you should just literally just turn around and just say, you know what, uh, I'm not I'm not the killer clown. I'm actually co Mr. Copycat, because I like to copy what you're doing and just do it my way. Copy or steal, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more fun that way. Well, here's the thing. you can, They're not competitive decks for the most part. They're not competitive decks. Obviously, an Orvar deck is competitive, but... Um, most of the decks are not competitive, but when you're like, you know, oh my God, when I played wrong turn the first time in a pod and I thought your buddy Craig there was going to table flip, that was the most <laughs> hilarious. And he declares an attack on me with um, a T-Dog, a 9-9, nine -nine, right? And I had no blockers, and I just go, oh, okay, I'm going to wrong turn. Don needs a T-Dog, you know, because I can't take control of it, but I can give it to somebody else. There you go, man. It's not attacking me anymore. You know, it's like, I love cards like that. I love cards like that. You know, you only see that in EDH. You only see that odd. You know, obviously that card is terrible if you're one-on-one. -on -one. It, it's useless. You can't, you can't take control of the creature yourself, but you can give it to somebody else. Yes, you <laughs> can. You go. Here you go. <laughs> and it can't be one of your cards. It's got to be an opponent's card. You're giving an opponent's card to an opponent. That's hilarious. Oh, and it removes it from combat? Even better. Like, Freaking, there you go. Have fun. Uh, hey, like, Dave, you need a blocker. <laughs> Aha! <laughs> Nobody sees it coming. And I've played that in a competitive scene. Hmm. And people just looked at me like, that is a terrible card. And I'm like, I didn't just die, did I? And no, I lived. And yeah. Guess what? <laughs> you know, he's gonna die now. Like, what is the problem? Like, <laughs> if, if, are you gonna attack me with the creature I just gave you? Uh, you're an idiot if you do. But sure, okay, whatever. See what happens if you do. <laughs> like, I, I, I have, um, I have Arena. I have Mikko. I haven't played on Mikko in a while. Um but I have played on Arena every once in a while to kind of dabble with some of the new cards, with some of the cards that came out in recent sets, test out different things. Um, but if if I were to say, do I prefer sitting around a table uh, than sitting on a computer and playing Arena all day? It Table every single time. and Because you get mo a lot more enjoyment out of it. Now, there's nothing wrong with online play. There's nothing wrong with playing people on Arena or Mikko, or anything like that. It's just the fact that I, I just enjoy it a lot more. And there was a point to how we shifted into this. Oh, yeah, we were talking about the boosters for Magic. <laughs> and then it just turned into a spiraling thing. I guarantee you, with just this podcast alone, this is probably going to be a two-parter, okay? Because we are probably. going already at two and a half hours of talking. That's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, here's my final point for any discussion when it comes to games is treat people the way you want to be treated. I will give you an example of something that happened to me personally, recently, actually. Three um, hours later. Three hours later, yeah. <laughs> no, um, you know, I recently took vacation, I, I, you know, and... And you didn't bring us. I Hell no, it was my vacation. <laughs> like, exactly, you bring your bros. Come on, hang out. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, 
I found a fishing charter. I wanted to go fishing. I'm an avid fisherman. And I'd never fished those waters where I was at. And I found a group fishing charter that was fairly cheap. It was about 80 bucks for six hours. It wasn't a private charter, so there was 20 other heads on there. And we went out, and very quickly I learned that outside of the boat crew, I was the most experienced fisherman on the, on the boat. Everybody was like fishing in the tropics for the first time in their life, I swear to God. I had never held a pole in their life. But there was only two crew members, a captain and his mate. And um, there's 21 other heads on the, on the, including myself, on there. And, you know, people were catching some stuff, but um, a lot of people were hooking the bottom, losing the tackle, uh, screwing up the reels, all kinds of stuff. And the boat crew was running around like a mad dog. So I, st I actually at one point stopped and started assisting everybody on my side of the boat. And the boat crew noticed that. And I had a blast, and I was just having fun. And we had about an hour boat ride back to the dock. And during that time, everyone piled into the cabin inside, get out of the sun. And they're, you know, kind of just all on their phones or, or talking amongst themselves. And here's this poor guy washing down half the boat, getting all the um, fish guts and stuff like that and cleaning up everything after all these basically rich idiots. I'm not. Uh, turn around and trash their boat. So I grabbed the scrubby. And the hose and started doing the other side. And nobody asked me to do it. I wasn't brown nosing. It was, I was having fun in the tropics. I was half in the bag too. I'd been drinking all day, but I was just having fun. The next day I showed up to ask them, hey, do they have enough people to go out? And they said, yes. The captain came over and said, only charge them 50 bucks today. And they set me up on the back of the boat with um, a light tackle and said, do you know how to flick cast? And I started fishing off the back of the boat, actually casting. And I caught some really big fish early on, took some pictures. And then every time I'd hook into something, I'd yell for somebody who had caught anything to come over and I would give my rod to them. So they, everybody on that boat when I was done. Now, the crew was trying to do that too, but I had time. Mm -hmm. So I started helping these people. And every, I mean, this one girl, I, I didn't realize it when I hooked into it because I would have loved the photo. Ended up being a seven and a half foot barracuda. Like, I mean, everybody on that boat that day had a blast. And I was just being a nice guy. That's all it was. I was having a blast myself. And again, at the end of the day, I helped them scrub down the boat and everything. And I was just having a blast. I'm on my vacation. I'm having uh, the, the best time of my life, right? The next day I showed up and they didn't even charge me. And I went out the next three days for free. Now, I bring up that story. It had nothing to do with anything... It didn't have to do with my skin color, my sex, my gender, nothing. It just, I treated them like human beings. I was a nice guy and I helped out. You know, could I have sat in the boat, in the shade, in the AC, sitting there for an hour, hour and a half ride back? You know, I paid for this, so I'm not going to help. Kind of person I could have been, and I would have been charged 80 to $90 every single day. But instead, I took that little time when instead of sitting down, I helped out and... I helped them out throughout the day while still having fun on my vacation. And I ended up with spending very little to no money. The moral of the story is you can bring that into personal life. You can bring that into playing card games or board games. Just be a nice, decent person at the end of the day. And guess what's going to happen? Good things will happen. Not all the time. And you will get people that take advantage of you. Oh, yeah. But... But at the end of the day, Dave, you know how I am. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know I'm not the kind of guy that just sit there and let somebody struggle. I'm not that kind of person. Be that kind of person and go help out because guess what? Stuff will happen for you um, randomly, you know, and it doesn't matter what part of your life. It doesn't matter um, whether you're gaming or not gaming. If you're like that, good things will happen. And that's that's the best I can Treat everybody the way you would want to be treated. Do you want to be that poor guy? There's 20 other people on the boat. They paid, so they're not going to help. Yeah. You have to do all of this yourself. And by the way, he makes significantly less than I make, than I make a year or that you make a year, Dave. He makes mm-hmm. almost nothing. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, why? Why? I mean, I, I can go and help out, you know. So, and that was the whole point, you know, and they don't get people like that very often, especially where I was, you know, it's not a play, you know, it's, 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 it's a rich man's playground is what it is. And it was a once in a lifetime trip for me. I had a blast, made some friends. And I know if I show up two years from now and they're still working that boat, guess what's going to happen? They're going to recognize me. They're going to remember me. And I'm going to get to go out fishing for a hell of a lot and there's still people that um, I'll meet up with that I've played at stores with, uh, and they'll recognize me right off the bat and be like, "Oh, great, yeah, get him in here. Get you know, definitely he's fun to play with." And I enjoy that, I really do. Um, but there are players that if I do have a bad instance with, I just you know I'll still be friendly with you and all that, but for, as a game wise, I may not just sit down at the table to play. You know, because I'll know the experience that I had previously might happen again. And I don't want to sour my environment with possibly having another instance. So, you know, if if you do have a bad experience with somebody, uh, yeah, you just don't, you know, don't be mean to them or anything like that. They're not a jerk or anything. What happened in the game happened. But besides that, you know, it's... It's, it's have, a game. They might have, yeah, and they they also might have. I always give somebody a second chance. Personally, with me, when it comes to games and stuff, or even in personal life, you know, maybe they just had a bad day. Depending on how bad it was, I'll generally give somebody a second chance because maybe they just had a bad day and they might actually be a really stand up individual. Um, but you know, at a, don't. I'm not going to keep somebody around if they're constantly going to be toxic. I'm not. I'm just, just like you said. I'd just rather just walk out of the shop. Yeah. You know, and go find another place to play because I can always jump into almost any group. And it's because, you know, some people don't like it. Some people don't like the way I am. That's fine. That's their loss. Not mine. You know, um, but if you treat everybody the way you want to be treated, then you're generally overall, you're going to end up with a very good group of people around you at a certain point in your life. Well, I think that since we've been on here for quite a bit, uh, we have a lot that we've already went through as it is. Um, we can either do one of two things. We can either go over uh, what happened in our last episode that you and I were in, and I can tell you how many people have listened to it, or we could just... Uh... <laughs> Three people listened to it. That was me, Dave, and me. No, it's, it's actually... <laughs> it's ac- actually uh, our episode that we had um we that we actually have the top at 41 listens and how many downloads yeah i'm gonna uh i mean besides that one on apple Podcasts, which no one really cares about uh honestly like i don't think there's any down points it's just the fact that people really enjoy 
the atmosphere that we're bringing. We're literally just having a good time. We're sitting here. We're enjoying. We're talking hobbies. And people can kind of get an idea that we're not doing this to be famous. We're, we we also don't literally put ourselves at, hey, what? we think we're cool. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not cool? No, what? no. We're, we're, <laughs> you, you and I are definitely not the cool club. <laughs> but no, I do, right. I do this because I enjoy it. My buddy Killer here, he does it with me because he, one, we're friends. We really enjoy talking to each other, and two, this is something we were kicking around like years ago, and I finally just said, "I'm gonna do it," and he said, "Sure, I'll do it with you," Sorry. and that's what that's what we have here. We both have road jobs, so we'll, we're notorious for being on the phone for hours, as long as the reception holds up <laughs> for hours, you know, because I might have a three, four, drive, three, four, five hour drive, 20 mm. hour drive, oh, and yeah. same thing with him. And so, you know, you, you can only go through so many podcasts, audiobooks, and music before you go. I've gone through everything. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I need you know, to talk to and somebody. Some, <laughs> and some of the conversations we've had, I wish they were worded, to be honest, because some oh of them my were God. pretty entertaining. <laughs> some of them would have definitely got us canceled, but some. <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, it's like you throw a rock anywhere and people are going to hate on it for some reason or another. Uh, honestly, that's on them. I can't do anything about it, but uh, I, I'm just being who I am, you know, a genuine good person. And if people want to twist my words around, that's on them. I'm I'm done playing the the popular game. You want to be popular? All right, cool. Uh God bless you. Uh, I hope nothing but success comes and finds you. But uh I do this as a hobby. I do TikTok as a hobby. I enjoy my hobbies. Um the point where it doesn't become enjoyable anymore, uh that's when Pop I'm just going to say, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm I'm done. <laughs> yep, I'm done. That, that's that's it that's it and uh and that's for anything you know, i always i always have fun um so i'm glad you invited me back on dave i really do appreciate it oh i dude i, I love our conversations uh, it's just sometimes when you're talking about that mmo that you love playing that i'll just have to shut you out as much as i can i actually <laughs> so i stopped playing i was playing it earlier in the in the podcast so i stopped playing it so i could pay more attention so. <laughs> <laughs> knowing you i knew that was going to be the case that's why all the O's and ahs and just kind of roll off tangents because I was sitting there fighting shit. What so. you didn't hear in part one, you're finding finding <laughs> out in part two. <laughs> yeah, you're finding out in part two. I was actually playing Diablo on podcast. <laughs> or Diablo 4. Sorry, Diablo 4. I was playing Diablo 4 on podcast. Um, like, now, like, uh, when it comes down to games, I haven't really been playing anything. I played Remnant for like a huge amount of time. I know you were playing a little bit with me. I don't know if you want to get back into that at some point. But right now, the games I'm kind of playing is like I'm probably going to jump back into actually starting Red Dead Redemption 2 because I've heard nothing but great things about that game. And it's been out for years, and I haven't played it. And I know everyone who was literally listening to this podcast right now who has played that game is literally screaming, how the hell? I am a busy person, okay? I have a shit ton of games in my library on Steam. And I have not touched maybe even 10% of them. I still haven't finished Armor Core. I still... 
Remnant 2. I only play with you and Recon. That's yep. kind of your guys' thing. Um, I do enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it much playing solo. No. So I do enjoy <laughs> playing it a lot with you guys, so that you know that's fun. Uh, I've been, you know, to be honest, the last two weeks I haven't played any video games at all. But I did have, a, I, I have been having a lot of fun with Starfield. Um, um, I, I mean, I haven't played a Bethesda game in quite a while since so probably Morrowind. Um, I mean, years and years ago. But hmm. I really, really enjoy it. I like my sci-fi games. Um, Mass Effect hasn't come out with anything good in a long time, so this is a good, this is a good stand-in for it. <laughs> so I've been enjoying. It. I've just been basically calling it. Yeah, I'm playing Mass Effect. So. <laughs> anything you um, can be able to get that bioware fix you know i get it I know, <laughs> right right like i, I have starfield i maybe played like maybe 10 hours maybe 15 if i'm well, if i'm being fair you got everything, that's because you got everything you need because you used the beginning glitches so no no <laughs> it's not even that i deleted the, that character right away because oh, okay. when i found out i could do that i was just like okay i'm bored you know and i deleted it because i figured when i, I get back into you, it you would be i what do you want from me okay tiktok I, I is a is a really dark tunnel and it has a lot of shiny <laughs> things in it and i go ooh, and i go down that shiny tunnel and i start picking out things and i figured this would be kind of cool and then when i try it out at home i'm like okay i kind of broke it <laughs> so yeah it. that's the problem when you have like infinite you know infinite xp infinite gold or cash or credits or whatever well they they now patched a lot of those things out and i'm happy yeah. that they did because oh, now I'm, the I'm temptation is gone um, so, but I'll be the first one to admit, yes, when any of those things that were being thrown out on TikTok were, this is how you can get this or that, I was one of the idiots who actually went ahead and did it. My thought process is, it's my own personal game. It's not hurting anybody. If it was a multiplayer game, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it. That'd be kind of fucked up. But at the same time, this is for my personal enjoyment, just like people who will start up Skyrim and throw on a crap ton of mods at the beginning on their first playthrough. It's a personal preference. Nothing wrong with that. Um, for those who remember, before mods, before all this, we didn't have that. So we had, what, Game Shark? And, but people were still buying it, and people still play it, and hence why those companies had the game. were around for a while. Yeah, we had the Game Sharks. So those were always fun. So, uh, But I always... And I, I think you and me had a long conversation about this on the road, actually, yeah. where you told me about that. And I said, well, I'm not going to do it, even if, you know, I'm not even going to try it. They probably patched it. And they, I think they did. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not going to. This was very early on. It had just released and you told me about it. And I said, I'm not going to do it. Um, now, I was using some of the, like, uh, chest hacks. So, like, where you could get to some of the chests and stuff. And yeah. to be honest, I removed that character. Good. Because what what happened, and it was the same thing I told you, was I had all the gold and ammo. I had unlimited gold, unlimited ammo, and the game was not challenging or fun at that point. So I restarted a new character, and um, I'm going through and having an absolute blast. I'm actually having more fun doing it this way. Um, I, I, I chose some different options. Um Definitely use the quick save feature a lot, you know, um, but I, I'm having a blast. I did some additional uh, different storylines that I didn't even know existed and definitely got to get back into it. Um, but, you know, probably for the next 
40 or 50 game hours, I'll probably be dedicated to D4, and then I'll switch back probably to Starfield. Like, so. I, I know that it takes a lot for people to kind of grasp around that players who go out of their way to gain an advantage in a game, yes. In most aspects, I can see where there is a disdain for it, and I don't disagree with that, okay? I want people to understand that. I've played games to where I literally started off in the Batman Arkham series game. That first game, I spent enough hours to get 100% achievements in it. And the amount of rage, the amount of controllers money I had to spend to repair like four controllers that would break because I would throw them against the wall for frustration led me to go, you know what? If there was something that I could use that could help me because I am unable to do this without strenuous amount of stress that I'm putting on myself, which I shouldn't. Yes, would I have taken it? Probably. But now I take that experience and I go, I want to put that sort of devotion into games that I'm really happy to enjoy. Like, there's a game series that I know killer will not play but i'll play it but the fact that he's playing something that's an offshoot of that genre is making me very surprised on it and that's souls games those are like the dark souls games uh i love them i got everything from Sekiro, dark souls 1 dark souls 2 dark souls 3 elden ring even the old lords of the fallen not the new one that just came out but the old one i i loved playing those games those were fun um 